people. <laughs> Haven't you seen those emulators? They're terrible. Oh, are you drinking kombucha? Nick knows. No. Yeah, I, 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 no. <laughs> this is something called Purdy's. It's, uh, it's like an energy drink, but it's actually all natural stuff. Oh. Um, I really like it. So it's not like quite like Red Bull and stuff. It doesn't make you go, oh my God, and your heart racing. It just yeah. kind of gives you a bit more of a natural energy. I just really like it. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking but, uh, something that looks like cough syrup. And I said to wow. her, because I asked Rachel, I'm like, what should my pick of the week be? And she said, do kombucha. I'm like, I don't know anything about this. You got me into this stuff. And so I <laughs> and I was like, Nick might know. He's over on the West Coast. I feel like that'd be more prevalent over there for some reason. Um, Rude. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kombucha is a weird, sour. It's going to sound pretentious, but it's definitely an acquired taste for those things. It's not pretentious. Yeah, I, I, I've had a few different kombucha things, and I'm like, these are fine. I've, I've definitely put worse things in my mouth, but... Uh, All right, there's I'm the title not, of the I'm podcast, not, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Which could tailor oh, into my unboxing, because for some reason I, I, I ate the micros. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that works. I think that works. <laughs> Welcome one and all to episode 55 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is October the 11th, 2020. Uh, I'm Graham, the production editor of Megavision's magazine. Joining me this week, we have uh, Scotty Moe Dizzle, the managing editor for Megavision's. And once again, we have our returning internet hermit all-star guest, the Nick Flair, former editor and contributor to Sega Addicts. Um, how's it going, everybody? Are you both well? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm always afraid to talk because we're happy faces. talk over each other just like this. I'm done now. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, for the audience today, we have a very special show for you, as always. Uh, we'll be answering some of your burning questions. We have our picks of the week where we chat about Disco Elysium, a book, and the classic 80s movie film, Monster Squad. Plus, our feature discussion this week, we'll be taking a closer look at the recently released Game Gear Micro and delving into the world of all micro consoles in general. So strap in and join us for the ride. But before we begin, let's start with the amuse-bouche that is our week. So Scotty, let's start with you, my friend, and find out what you've been up to the last seven days. Uh, not much, really. Uh, it's been a difficult week for personal reasons that we don't need to get into, but it's been hard, but otherwise, I haven't played much. Uh, hopped in and out of Mario, Super Mario 35. Um, I mentioned that last week to our answer to our listener question. Um, and I realize now that game really needs to get nerfed for the end game portion because you'll be playing. <clears throat> it'll, uh, everybody knows the sound of when you're running out of time or something. And Mario, that happens when there's five people left. And of course, you're like, if, you've played it since you were a kid, you think, like, I'm out of time? What are you talking about? I'm earning time. But then you realize, oh, there's five left. But that last five people playing lasts sometimes longer than the full game that you'll play. Because <laughs> there's nothing to, like, 
there needs to be like a blue shell or like an auto shrink everybody or something because you can keep you like if it's just me and one other guy and we're dishing enemies out to each other then our time is going up as we kill an enemy because it's like plus one to every enemy kill with a fireball plus two if you bounce on them and then it like chains if you jump on a turtle and it kills them in a row so you can go for a long time you're basically waiting for someone to screw up not to actually be better at the game than you um so it's still fun but i I think they need to figure out some way to did either of you guys have a chance to try it since we mentioned it last week at all no um i I think i should just mention for the audience who maybe didn't listen to the show last week what you're talking about so this is the version of super mario it's the original mario game or super mario bros game but you play against 99 other people is that right or something 34 34 35 oh tetris was 99 people wasn't it so yeah Yeah, playing against 34 other people 35 in total Mm-hmm. And when you bounce on an enemy and kill an enemy, that enemy appears on everyone else's screen. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So you essentially yeah. sent. Oh. So the the main difference between this and Tetris 99, Tetris 99 is literally just Tetris. The only difference is you're playing more people because you send your junk to them as you clear lines. They send their junk to you as they clear lines um, or whatever I said. I don't know if I said that right. But Mario, yeah. you send your enemies <laughs> to them as you clear them and vice versa, including even Bowser from Castles. Um, and oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's also super cheap because once you unlock coins and like level up in the game, you can start with the fire flower, which is like fire flower and the star are king in that game. Cause you just mm-hmm. mow down people. You can take your time with the fire flower, but at the same time you're earning time to kill enemies. So this is an awesome idea and has huge potential, but they really need to, they need to have some item or something in there that just levels the playing ground for the end game and like takes it strips away maybe all items from players, even something as crazy as that, because it could last forever, because you are playing through the yeah. whole Mario game. So, um, yeah, but it's, I mean, that's a fun thing to jump into. Uh, it, just like Tetris 99 is something you can jump into. And it's it's only available for a limited amount of time as well. I don't know how long. Hmm. Um yeah, Nintendo. Yeah. And on the game, can you use the the teleport pipes which take you to the later levels? You know, yep. you can skip like five yeah. levels or whatever it is. Yeah. If you like if you and I were playing, Graham, and maybe you flew through the first three levels and then you're like on world two and I just get to the first warp pipe in world one, two, like that underground area. If I mm-hmm. choose the warp to take me to like four one, it's not going to do that. It's going to catch me up to you because you're further ahead of me, uh, um, or okay. something like that. I'm not sure how the algorithm works, but no one is ever like a full level or anything ahead of anyone else unless it's the very beginning. You start out and just speed through stuff. Well, what if you are in the lead and you go in that warp pipe? Like, do you know what happens? Do you go to four one? Everyone just probably take you ahead. I've never actually experienced it, and I haven't been able to like okay. watch anyone else's screens close enough. You can't spectate after you after you uh, get knocked out, but at that point you're just too angry to watch anyone else. Although I I will watch like the last two guys sometimes yeah. if I'm like third or whatever, and it's but it, it's I don't know. There's there's only so much strategy you can apply to the first Mario game, you know? Um, yeah. So it's uh it, it's fun and I I really dig it, but at the same time it's like I don't know if I'm ever gonna get first because I'm always gonna like be psyched out and not I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, other than that, not much. Uh, I have continued reading ready player one. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago and I know, I remember Nick called me like years ago saying, Hey, did you read this yet? Cause I saw the movie. I think you saw it with your (laughs) brothers or something, right? 
Yeah. Oh, he's got the movie there. Nick's holding. Is that the book or the movie? Oh, it's the book. And I've oh, it's the book. The... Ah. Yeah, so yeah. I've got the same version as Scotty. So okay. for the listeners, Scotty's holding up, a, I guess, the newer version yeah, of the like book with a slightly different cover. So, yeah. I think that's a classic title, uh, classic uh, cover, actually. Oh, really? Oh, is the, it? It looks a lot yeah, more... Yeah, this is the um, film. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. so Nick's got the one which is like the film cover, I guess, yeah, and you've got the... Yeah, because it doesn't have a... Yeah. Um, I, did... I, I got mine a while after the film came out, and it was the same as Scotty's, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, I am at the part where he is describing, I forget the kid's name, uh, the main character describes how he found the first Easter egg thing, which is not uh, okay. really spoilers because they mentioned the first chapter that I think that he was the one to find it or something, but, um, it's good. I, I, I really like it. And, um, I watched a trailer and I think I already have in my head that I'm not going to like the movie as much. I'm, oh, I'm, no. I'm just super annoyed. I, maybe they'll explain it, but it bums me out that in the book, the kid is overweight, he's got bad acne and stuff, and then he goes into the world and he makes himself, quote-unquote, more attractive and appealing. In the movie, the trailer I already saw, he's already a good-looking nerd. Doesn't need to change yeah, his appearance. That's that kind of bums me true. out. True. Yeah. So, and yeah. when you get to what, if you do watch the movie after, I'd like to speak to you. There's something else that happens in the movie yeah, a I bit around that. that which I'd love to talk about because uh, I was kind of just like, really? Uh, but wait, wait till, wait till you watch the movie because I don't want to ruin anything for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I actually know exactly what he's talking about. So Okay, cool. Uh, <clears throat> Graham mentioned... Yeah, the movie, I oh, think... Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is uh, changed to be more watchable. Um, like... I think, well, I, I just mean that, um, the bit with the first Easter egg, mm-hmm. right? In the movie. Okay, yeah. And because there's a, the trailer of it, um, it's like a, a big death race, which is oh. visually exciting. Right. And so it's super different from how it is in the book. Yeah. Which would potentially not be super exciting to watch. And they all kind of get changed like that to where, Mm-hmm. Um, I think only the last one is similar to the way that it is in the uh, book. Okay, and they compress a lot of things. Sure. Um, so there's, so there's like lack of part part of overcoming that sort of personal identity issues is part of the book, but they don't have the t- time to do that in a two and a half hour movie. That's you know wall to wall licensing brands, so they don't do that. Right. So that makes yeah. sense. Um. Graham was saying that he hated in the movie how Tracer from Overwatch is everywhere. And I looked it up while oh, he was God. talking, and literally the movie started production the year after Overwatch came out. <laughs> so it really mm-hmm. explains that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, but, I feel like all the other characters earn their position because they've been, they've been for generations of games and movies and stuff. And yeah. I think they've kind of earned this right. And, but yeah, I feel like that was too soon almost. Like, just, you're clearly just cashing in for the kids so the yeah. overwatch it's just kids. it's just really funny when i think about it because it's like so that means that ready player one takes place sometime like you know obviously in the 2070s but it's like man they're really banking on the lasting popularity of overwatch and yeah exactly you know, yeah. teenage mutant ninja turtles and um right i don't know whatever else was i, I would have thought it would be really funny if they had games that absolutely flopped yeah like uh battleborn characters oh, yeah. in ready player one would have been oh, hilarious yeah. or um what was that one with the bikes or something the motorcycles i forget 
there was another like battle royale game. Um, Motorbikes. Really I had, didn't had, even like, heard of that. It was almost like if someone tried to get BMX triple X into a fucking battle royale. Thing <laughs> yeah. or something. I forget what it was called. Well, it had even some generic name. Even imagine if they had like Fortnite Miner, and he's like, mm-hmm. just imagine like a five second bit of him flossing oh. in in the battle, Jesus. and like five years from now, that would be like people would turn it on and be like, what the fuck? At, at least now. <laughs> Tracer is still pretty popular. Like, Overwatch is still pretty popular. It has its own mm. Major League Gaming sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It, that, that, that's the risk you run, and I think that's that is gonna... I'm not gonna go on this tirade, but that lends back to why I did not like the Sonic movie, because there are so many references that in, like, ten years they're not gonna mean anything. Uh, even though <laughs> one that's not gonna mean anything in ten years was the one I did chuckle at when Sonic looks down the barrel of robotics camera or gun or whatever he's like welcome back to my live stream i did chuckle at that because it was so (laughs) dumb and out of place but that's not gonna have meaning in like 10 years (laughs) yeah i get what you mean but i feel like for sonic that movie is set in present day and those references kind of make sense for now i know i know in the future we're going to think these these don't oh it's super dated but yeah yeah, with like uh, Ready Player One, as you say, it's set in the future, so it's almost like these are all popular things that have been popular for decades and generations now. Like you know, references mm-hmm. back to the future, which was you know thirty years ago now and stuff. So right. these have lasted time for us. So hopefully in the future they will last time. But yeah, then something like Overwatch, one year. I don't know if if Overwatch had been out for ten years and it was still popular, I'd be like, that's fine, that's cool. But yeah. Um, so yeah, for Sonic, I feel it's a bit different because it's set in the present day. But I do, I do understand why that is, you know, a bit stupid. And, yeah, uh, that is, that is also yeah. weird because I knew, I knew, just between like Nick and other people in my different groups talking about the movie and the book, like saying that I knew that the book was '80s stuff and then the movie was current, current day stuff. It's interesting because they could have just stuck with '80s stuff and honestly been fine because. It, Mm. not only is it not going anywhere but that decade and the 90s are coming back now even stronger so it's just yeah. kind of funny they thought they needed to modernize it they they had to modernize the nostalgia which is a, a term i would like to coin trademark trademark <laughs> modernize <laughs> the nostalgia i like yeah. that Brilliant. it's I, that's what is happening um no i know so but yeah no i'm, I'm not too far into it but i am very much enjoying it uh it is uh yeah, it's just interesting, and it's also, I know it's not trying to be, but with the pandemic now, it's very much a satire all of a sudden. Um, so with just, like, yeah. bones on top of each other and us running this planet dry, essentially. Um, but anyway, on uh, outside of that, I have a pickup. You guys are going to laugh real hard. Oh, my God. It's a blue Game Boy. Uh, gear. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my grandpa! I got, I got you on Game Boys. You beat after. <laughs> oh boy! So I we're gonna talk about the small guys, but I already have a Game Gear. I'm holding up a Red Run right now that I have that was um, recapped, and I got it at Warp Zone a couple Christmases ago. This blue one I found at a half price books for thirty dollars, wow. and oh. I'll show you why it's thirty dollars though. Uh, can you see that at all? Uh, uh, there it's kind it is. Of kind of, see the top of the screen? Oh, oh, that's right near the mic. So, so the top of the screen that. is black, so for the audience... No, I couldn't hear it. Yeah, okay. anyway, I think your RTX um, was working there. Hold on, for the audience, I'll turn that back on just so they can hear the... Maybe? Can't hear anything. Oh. Boy, that's stellar, isn't it? Um, anyway, 
Did you guys actually? <laughs> we, got that? Little... Did it play? we got a little. We got a. Oh, it. just uh, whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, right. this okay. is uh, like a top a third, the top third of the screen, but it's busted. So anyway, the point is, it was only thirty dollars. Blue Game Gears go for anywhere from like hundred to two hundred bucks because people are fucking nuts. Um, so I'm gonna get it fixed. Um, Rachel was not happy I bought this, and she said, "You're gonna look back on that in five years, and it's gonna be the reason I broke." I've dumped you <laughs> and stuff like that because it's broken and I already have one. I've got two game gears now. Nobody needs two game gears. Nobody needs six game gears. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a weird, I mean, it was 30 bucks and I stupidly posted in the discord, like what is going on? Why is this happening? And uh, I, I think I said something like I'll grab this maybe. And, like five or six people were like, yes, buy it now. Get it. What are you doing? You can repair it. It's definitely worth the price and all this crap. And I was just like, ah, I was talked out of it and I have these micros. I don't need this. And then we left and we went to go pick up um, a to-go order. I'm going to get from Cheesecake Factory is who we decided to hit up this this weekend. Um, and then it's like 35 minute wait. I'm like, well, we could, I could just go back anyway and go get that. And she was not happy about that, but <laughs> I did it anyway, cause I'm an idiot and I'm going to turn off the noise canceling thing now to, uh, really let the people hear how great this sounds. Cause it, it just needs to be captured for posterity. There you go. Garbage stuff. Nice. Love it. So yeah. Um, I have another game gear again. Nice. Hey, that's I, all I, I've I'm done. with you. I, I would have, I would have bought that with the intention to repair it, or just because it's well, a new game gear. And behind it, I took a picture, and there was a working uh, black one behind it. Let me see if I can find that photo real quick. Because I don't remember how much they wanted to. That one was being sold for sixty-five bucks, uh, which is still not that bad. It's sad to mm. say that, but just everything's going up, especially with quarantine and everything else. So. Um, I got a blue and a red game gear now. What's wrong with me? Someone else talk. <laughs> um, Nick, I'll let you go next, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, just kind of playing off of the pick, uh, my pick of the week last week, um, the final episode of the season two of The Boys came out. Finished that. Uh, you know, s- solid recommendation um, after having reached its conclusion. I'm excited with what they're doing. I'm hopeful that the um, production won't be halted too much by this quarantine, but we'll we'll see. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of series um, that got recent cancel uh, cancellations, like uh, Glow on Netflix, which I, I was a big fan of. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like Glow. Yeah, it had its fourth and final season written and everything, but um, they got word that because based on the production schedule. They wouldn't have something out until 2021, 2022, and they made the decision to just cut it, which I think is crap. But it's BS. Uh, God damn. Yeah. Have you? So, um, do either of you watch Superstore? Never heard of it. It's. Like, I've seen a few episodes. My friends, my roommates are really into it. It. I mean, if you've worked in retail, it's a lot of fun. If you've not, I can understand mm-hmm. no interest in it. Um, but uh, that. They finished a season before quarantine, and now they have another one coming out. A new se- It ended on a cliffhanger, um, and they posted a thing on social media saying, what do you think of our new uniforms? And it's the whole staff with masks on. 
So I don't know how I feel about that, that they were filming a full show during quarantine and also wow. trying to make it relevant to quarantine. And because it's like, how much do I want to support this? Because you're clearly going against like what should be regular guidelines right now to make this show possible. Yeah. You know? What I what I've uh, there's this one series that keeps getting floated on Netflix or, or YouTube or wherever where it is shot entirely on like Zoom or like pseudo Zoom. Oh yeah. Oh, I um, I've seen yeah something of it. I don't know how I feel about that because it's like like if you want to do table reads of of regular shows, fine. But it's like I don't know if I want to watch a show now or even in the future when this is past where people are just hanging out on Zoom. Like, is this something that I want to watch? Oh. I say yeah. that you know, this podcast is that way, <laughs> but Pretty you know, much. by design though, because yeah. we're in different parts of the world. Um, hmm. Yeah. So finish the boys. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I've been doing lately is playing more D and D. You know, Scotty knows this about me, but I'm a pretty avid D and D player, um, specifically playing but- Pathfinder. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about it and I would definitely recommend if people have ever had any interest in playing D&D or playing Pathfinders to try and um, see if there's folks around who you might be interested in trying it with, uh, giving it a shot, because uh, a lot of the resources are very available online or around. Um, and, you know, everybody's got time now. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think Pathfinder is more of like an entry point for a lot of people because, from what I understand, it's a lot more streamlined and slimmed down D and D essentially. There's yeah, so there's differing opinions. Like fifth edition D and D is not that difficult mm-hmm. uh, to pick up um, if you're like me and you've been playing since like early 3.0, then you will have your own difficult time trying to figure out the different um, skills and what have you. But, I mean, just getting the the time to look around and see your options and kind of escape, um, you know, your day-to-day by doing something else is is nice. I've got a weekly game that I've been going. Uh, two weekly games, actually. Shit. Um, <laughs> and they're always, they're always welcome. The, uh, cool. Is that all online that you're playing them now, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got uh, a game going with um, some folks in the UK. Ah, um, yay, that, big up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's great, um, because they're all British and I'm, I'm the American, so I'm the one that sounds funny on that. Uh, <laughs> that fun. And it's recorded for a podcast, so that's fun. Um and then the other one is just me and my high school friends. Um, and we're actually recording that one too, but that's not for public consumption. We're, we're sending the episodes to a friend who's been deployed overseas. Oh, that's uh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So yeah, D and D, um, the only pickups that I had actually, um, this last week, cause I'm not trying to spend a whole lot of money. I say before I show off these silver coins. Is that um, the queen? Yeah, so this is a a, a British silver ounce. I have no idea what that is. What? <laughs> uh, well, this is a Britannia 2014. It's some lady holding a British shield. One ounce of silver, and on the sides, 
There's little oh, yeah, oh can sure that. can't oh, see that. Oh nope. Maybe nope. no. There's a little horses. There are little horses on the What side. if you put it in front of your head um, like all those unboxing professionals do? Is that gonna work at all? Uh, so to describe for the audience, yeah. the the audio listeners, uh, Nick is currently holding up a silver, shiny silver coin which has the queen's face on one side, like the queen's head, um, on her side, mm. like profile view, I guess it's called, and then Just on the, the other lady. side, it's got a lady. It's very shiny. It's very hard to see actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you can, you, you, know, you can describe it a bit better, Nick. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a lady holding a shield and a trident. I don't know if that's a British thing. Might be. Uh, Grant knows. carries those around all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know. We're not allowed guns over here, but by <laughs> George, we love a trident. Yeah, so it's not just that one. I actually have um, six ounces of silver. Oh, okay. Um, so I've actually just Googled it. Okay, yeah. So she's kind of got actually got like a Roman centurion helmet on the top of yes. her head by the look of it. Yes, she does. And she's got a trident and a, what looks like a lion at her feet. And she's got a shield in one hand and... Yeah, she's got a very flowing dress. It almost does actually look like she's kind of like a Roman kind of lady person. Uh, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've 20... never seen that before in my life. So <laughs> These are these are like silver coins um, minted by different governments. So like I actually okay. have a U.S. Eagle as well. Um, a kangaroo. Uh, oh, shit. That's not a kangaroo. This one's a kangaroo, which also has the queen on it. Oh, okay. So that's from Australia, is it? Yeah, this yeah, is okay. a maple leaf from Can- Canada. Canada. Yes, um, this is Republic Austric. I don't know Austria. I guess. Oh, Austria. yeah. I assume it has Schwarzenegger yeah. on it. No, it has a. Harmonic. <laughs> oh, okay. What is um, that? And then another another British one. Uh, same design. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have a good friend who's uh, really into um, collecting coins and silver. And I mean, it, during the pandemic, there's just a silver, what have you, uh, panic increase in the value of it. So he's like, get these. Oh. And so I I got them. I don't know wow. if that's going to be worth it down the line, uh, but I mean, they're neat. And if I ever get in a spot where I have to flee the U.S., then I have 200-ish uh U.S. dollars worth of silver. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll get you over the border. Don't worry. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Imagine if that's a currency of the future. Ooh, ready player one, using Britannia coins. <laughs> silver coins for uh, yeah. lives. And... Wow. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, to be honest, I haven't really done much this week. I, uh, I'm actually late in editing all the videos for last week's show. I did do put up the main podcast video. But the actual clips I normally do haven't gone up live yet. Hopefully they'll go up in the next couple of days. But my work has been so full on the last well couple of months, really. Um, mm-hmm. It's just got even more intense. And it's just uh, I'm just very busy at this time because my I, so I'm a content manager for a phone network company. Uh, and, yeah, it's like this is the busy time of the year. We've got Halloween coming up. We've got Black Friday coming up. We've got Christmas deals. We've got loads of other promotions. Um and I, I work on sort of promotions and stuff for a lot of, lot of what we do for selling phones and things like that. So yeah, manic time. So just to give an example, last year we had 12 promotions for the whole year. This is like where we'd sell like phones for cheap or like Samsung, for example, release a new phone, but have free headphones with it or whatever. 
Um, mm. So last year we had 12 promotions. This year we've got 40 promotions. Jesus. So it's nearly quadrupled. <laughs> and I'm the only one doing these, by the way. So like, there's a t- there's like a designer guy. There's a, there's a person who helps sort of organize them and stuff. I'm the one who writes um, the promotion copy for banners and stuff that goes on the website and other places. I also write the emails that go out to people like our, our members or customers like to go, hey, we've got this great promotion now. Come and get it. And also, yeah. you just bought a new phone which has got promotion. Awesome sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's just manic. And that's just, just part of my job. And it's just, it's just been insane lately. So yeah, I haven't done anything basically. So I did get a pickup, which we're going to talk about later in the show. But, uh, for me, that's it. It's just work. So oh, I can't man. really talk about anything else. With that, let's move oh, on to. Oh, I have to... a question for Nick. Oh, okay. Are you getting into collecting coins now? Is that the rope? Is that the, the slippery slope you're sliding down now or what? No, I don't think so. I mean, this was a lot for for me to get um you know it's just something kind of to have Mm -hmm. i I originally just got the one so they're they come in these little sleeves Mm -hmm. and i just got the one british coin loose because i i love england um yeah here on my desk i have um you're welcome anytime buddy (laughs) a two pound coin i say i'm not collecting coins and i pull up another coin (laughs) yeah you didn't even show us Uh, yeah (laughs) What do you mean? That? Or did you? It's our okay. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't see the Nick is currently holding up a two-pound coin sterling. Yeah. So I mean, I I got I kept this on my desk because I you know it's fun. And last time I went to England, um, I fulfilled my uh, John Wick inspired dream of um, uh, buying a drink for two pounds with a single coin. Oh, I thought you meant like killing a man with a pencil or something. (laughs) Yeah. That's also on the list, but you know, understandably, <laughs> wow. I have to, I have to put that later in my life. Yeah. Um, That's or cool. you know, uh, man, if I can find one, maybe I could get you a five-pound coin uh, that w- were in circulation only briefly. It's like it's basically like a big gold coin that's worth five pounds. I don't know if they're still legal currency, but I think technically they are. But they just stopped making them, so it's like you, a limited time. But but I would just had them. I just remember going to shops need, and buying stuff for five-pound coins. I would need two because then. <laughs> So what I bought was just like an alpha pop <laughs> because, you know, that's what I can afford. Like, and I had to go somewhere where it was on special, right? But with a five pound coin, I could go and I could actually get like a whiskey. <laughs> okay. Just like a movie. I'll see what I can do. I can see if it's possible to still get. Oh, yeah. So right now Scotty is showing up his Knuckles uh, coin thing from the Sega shop. Is that the one I sent across from sunny old England? Yeah, it was only available in the frickin' UK for some reason, but it says it has Knuckles on the front, and it says 25th anniversary because it it was for Knuckles when this was out. Um, Oh, God, I cannot start collecting coins. That's a bad idea. But it it has a nice (laughs) little box, too, though. So I was really pumped when... uh, Thank you for getting that for me, Graham. You're you're um, welcome. I I was very tempted to buy one myself because they weren't that expensive, really. Uh, It might be £5 or something, so not a big... I can't remember how much it costs, actually, now, Scotty. But yeah, I was like, ooh, maybe I'll get one. But then I thought that as well. I was like, I can't do this. If I do this, if a Sonic or Tails one comes out, I'm going to have to buy that. And then, you know... uh, So, yeah, I went, nope. A lot of different (laughs) sites and areas are doing their own coin now, and it's it, and there is also the armed forces thing where you, uh, if you show, you like whip out your coin. If they don't have theirs, then 
they have you have to hand them a drink and they have to chug it right there or something like that. And there's different things for different areas, I'm sure. But I learned that with my brother being in the Marines and Chris Powell. Uh, wow. He mentioned that that's something in the Air Force, too. But that's an armed forces thing, I guess. You just show them, like, the coin challenge, I think it's called, or something. Huh. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a friendlier version of the Wild West. You put out a gun, or you put out a coin, and it's like, oh, I'll have a drink now. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, getting I'm, shot. I'm scared to say this. <laughs> I'm scared to say this, but I pitched the idea to a couple people on the Megavision staff of us doing a limited edition arcade Megavisions coin. So I'm going to throw that out into the ether. It's not happening. But mm. if anyone's interested in that, give us some feedback and let us know if that would be a cool, like, a f- it's obviously a fake arcade yeah. coin. But since arcades are going further and further away, it might be something neat. That'd be cool. Know. Yeah. Can so, you imagine uh, if there's, like, a collector of Chuck E. Cheese tokens before they started going with the digital cards? Oh, I guarantee <laughs> there is. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there is. Yeah. Wow. That was always a weird... I wish that I had kept arcade tokens, like just one of every one that I'd gone to. Cause I, I thought about, um, my brother was over in Japan and he took me a picture of the Sega arcade for me. And I was like, Oh my God, go in there and get me anything, like get me a token or something. But then later on, I'm like, they don't have tokens anymore. It's Japan. They got the, yeah. they got the cards for arcades probably in 95, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So oh, sorry, yeah. I hijacked you. I'm I'm the hijacker. That's just what I do as I interrupt other people's <laughs> discussions and make them about me, 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 me. So, yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, we don't have any feedback this week, do we? No, we're perfect. So, OK, good. So we do not have that feedback of doom. Uh, oh, we changed we the are... feedback form. Oh, yeah. Uh, feedback form of doom. Um, (laughs) so instead we are going to move straight on to scotty moe's mail sack of wonder that's right it's time for the mail sack and here we go um at rye underscore bones rye bones on twitter says the only question is what's the point in it and i'm a big fan of sega what he's talking about is i mentioned we are going to talk about the game gear micros and other mini consoles um What's the point for the fuck of it and an anniversary and to get people to spend money, I guess? What do you think, Graham? I concur with all of those things, yeah, Um, because people might buy them and they can make some money, so... It's just a fun thing to do. (laughs) What do you think, Nick? uh, I think that there is the gimmick of nostalgia. I mean, and, and it is, like, only in Japan. Yep. And so there's... Uh, a lot of fans of like the tiny kind of gimmick sort of things. Um, so I imagine that the novelty factor is a lot higher in Japan than it is here in the U S. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely easier ways to get to play these games. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. most any smartphone can run these emulators, but Probably. which we do not yeah. condone. But, uh, no, yes, there are, there are no, definitely ways. not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's other legal ways you could do it as well. Uh, like you can yeah, buy yeah, Metro yeah. Freak, for example, which does play the official games and stuff. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's the point? The point for Sega is making money. The point for us to get them is because we might be crazy enough to do it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, in the Discord, Mr. Haru asks, do you have a favorite bad movie or game that you know is bad, but you love oh. it more than you should? Um, 
I can I, I think that's every opinion I've ever had of a game yep. or movie on this show. Is, is, I always choose the bad ones. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. I was going to start by saying that one of mine is Sonic R, because I do actually enjoy that game, and I know that it is like functionally bad. Like It's not a well-designed mm. game. Um, and I can't really think of another... Well, uh, movies, I mean, where do you want to start? Um, yeah. There, there's, uh, what are you saying, Nick? <laughs> no, no, we, we, so, we, well, before the Sonic R podcast of the Sega Addicts uh, oh, yeah. show that we did, that is one of the episodes that I remember listening back to because you really enthusiastically talked about Sonic R. Wow, I don't and remember I, that. I, I like, yeah, uh, TJ was on, we were talking about the different songs and the, oh. the gates and then, um, you know, the difficulty with the understanding, the, the design of it. Um, <clears throat> no, but movies is like we had that brief um, run where we were doing watch alongs. So like mm-hmm. I thought of Mortal Kombat where, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And that's the mm-hmm. thing about bad movies is that it's a lot of fun to watch with folks. People uh, usually do you have any like specific ones? I started to hijack uh, yours. Yeah. And it's ha- it's my first impression of you, actually. Um, Johnny Mnemonic. Because I quoted Johnny yeah. as my entrance to a podcast, <laughs> and you were the only one that knew what that was from, and I'm like, what? I guess I gotta talk to this guy more. Because um, it is, it's, it's not that it's a bad movie, but it's left, it's definitely the Matrix before a, an adequate budget for what it wanted to do. Um, yeah, and that's always up there. And uh, another one that not many people know of, uh, which is another like thing I discovered on the Sci-Fi Channel accidentally one day is the movie called Evolver, um, which has Ethan Embry in it. And it's it. we did a sideshow episode of it uh, where it's a kid that wins this VR tournament. And so they place this robot that is like basically a, a, a Roomba set to kill. And um, <laughs> he, he has artif- like army intelligence installed in him. So he ends up, it's actually a horror movie. Um, horror, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I recommend Evolver to anyone that can find it. It's fun and dumb. Okay. And it's, it's definitely, both of those are better with, with other people. Um, uh, Nick, did you have some or Graham's pretty excited. Whoever wants to go next. Really. Yeah. Let, let, let Graham go. Okay. So I've got a couple. Um, I do actually agree with you on Sonic R cause I think functionally that game is not great. And I guess visually, uh, it's kind of one of those ones that, you know, the hardware looked fine on the hardware, but actually compared to other games, it wasn't great. But I, the music was so good. I really enjoyed that game. I loved going around trying to find all the hidden things and unlocking all the characters. So I had endless hours of fun with that game. But I do realize it's not the best racing game out there. Yeah. Uh, however, um, so I'll start with my game first. I do have a movie as well. But I am going to choose Virtual Highlight. Oh, God. I, I, I never know how to pronounce this. Highlight, I guess it's called. Um, Hydlide, yeah. So there were a few Hydlide games before this. Uh, There's one on the Mega Drive called like Super Hydlide or something. I can't remember. But essentially, this is almost like a kind of Zelda, like three D, like Ocarina of Time Zelda style game. Can you describe or the box like art, a, please? Okay, oh my God, the box art. So uh, this is the obviously the PAL box art. So it's kind of. Okay, so up at the top, you can see some green, which is meant to be some trees, the tops of trees. They've got the logo saying Virtual Hydlide. Then there's the main bad guy. I can't remember his name in it. Um, Looks like he's from Gremlins, Disney's Gremlin, or what, Gargoyle, sorry. 
gargoyle the like giant gargoyle type thing person yes. who's got like light shining out from behind him but also from his eyes <laughs> um then you have like this sort of medieval knight person who's just bright glowing red with a sword that looks a bit tiny like a lightsaber with a yeah some sort of sex toy attachment on top i'm not okay. sure um <laughs> and then there's like a little weird almost like an ewok also glowing kind of orangey red with oh, red Jesus. eyes yeah he has um, like a cloak yeah. on i didn't even notice that and at then, first yeah, and then at the very bottom is like a uh, castle palacey kind of place. That's where that white thing is, uh, mm. basically. Oh, wow. Um, they don't even have the hero on the cover. Like, this is, it's just all no. the assholes coming at you. <laughs> it's all the bad um, But yeah, so this is a 3D adventure slash RPG style game um, that is. Uh, I love it because I actually think it, for its time, it actually did some things that were really advanced and really cool. So you're, the the world is um, this randomly generated world, but the way they did it, it's not just like they've got, you know, 50 worlds that randomly get generated. This has got like something like, it's got over like a million random generations it could possibly, or variations it could have. And so the world and where the dungeons are or in different places. And while you do the dungeons in the same order, the actual dungeons inside are also randomly generated each time you play, and the weapons and placements of weapons and stuff are always in different places as well. So you can you can have one version of the game where you might pick up a really powerful weapon at the start or an item that really helps you defeat a bad guy and stuff. Um, so each time you play it, it's actually a little bit different. Um, the game is quite jerky though; the frame rate is pretty terrible. The visuals are not that great. Uh, they kind of they try to use it's hard. It's going to be hard to show on the back of the box, but uh my camera's not my webcam's not high enough quality i guess but um they try to use uh i guess like what's it called like you know like with mortal Kombat, they have real actors but they kind digitize. of digitize digitize so they've got like a digitized actor actor is like the main character and you only ever see him from behind he's like the most generically bland person in the world <laughs> he's wearing like a brown knapsack thing over him johnny and, like, adventure brown hair yeah, Johnny Adventure, brother of Johnny Mnemonic. Um, no. but yeah, um, he, so yeah, he, uh, it's like really generic. The, and because a camera's always directly behind him, sometimes trying to hit some enemies, it's really awkward because you're swinging your sword and it's kind of, you can't quite see where you're hitting. And just the visuals in general are a bit ropey. However, as I say, I do love it because when you're walking around like the overworld, for example, you see trees and stuff coming towards you. Um, you can see like the, there's like a river or a lake and stuff. Um, uh, the weapon when you pick up weapon, you have loads of tons of weapons in this game, and you can see them all the like different, and, like the weapon, the shields you hold are different and stuff. Is like you get spells later on, so it's kind of like a proper good. Well, no, I don't say good. It's like a proper like three D action adventure RPG, like Zelda: Ocarina of Time or Morrowind or something like that. Before it's time, and also you can become over encumbered. So if you have too many weapons, you get kind of you can't walk anymore, basically. But it's also got some genuinely terrifying monsters in it. Like there's a bit where you're walking through like a forest, almost like a wooded area of trees, mm. and suddenly some of the trees just come to life and start chasing you. But they don't just like stop chasing you after you walk out of an area. They will follow you across the whole map of the world, basically. So you can run away and like go, "Whoo!" and sort of rest for a bit and like look around, try and work out what you're doing. And then you turn around, this tree is like walking towards you still, with, like this massive tea going. Arr! <laughs> genuinely scared you the first time I was like oh my god um, so yeah it's terrible but I really like it I've completed it like three or four times in my life so yeah That's we awesome. did actually do a re- uh, yeah we did a review or something <laughs> in like one of the like, issues 
Issue um, number eight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wow. Graham, for yeah. the section of What Did I Just Play? Talks what did about I just play? Yeah. Highlight. That's um, it. And it is... It sounds... Maybe it's your writing, Graham, but the game, like, genuinely sounds intriguing to me, but it sounds it sounds like if they tried to make Elder Scrolls on a PS1, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's kind of, that is basically what it's like. To me, this is like an early Elder Scrolls game, effectively. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so it's bad, but I love it, really. Um, and the movie, I don't know if I should say the movie. Like, I will oh, get I judged. I always get judged on this one. Game, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, sorry. The movie I was going to choose is, I'm going to say it, screw it. Star Wars Episode One. I know it's not the best Star Wars movie. It's not the best sci-fi movie ever. I actually enjoy it. I think it's fine. I think Jar Jar Binks is really annoying. Anakin's a bit annoying at times, but I enjoyed the lightsaber battles. I generally enjoyed the plots. I thought the story was fine. I like the pod racing bit. I think the music is fantastic. And I preferred it way over all the recent Star Wars. I just, like, other than, like, um, what's it called? Ro- the Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. And, hmm. yeah, the, the sort of side ones. The the three, you know, Return of... What's it called? I can't even remember what they're called now. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker and those ones. Watch did it. not enjoy those at all. I thought these are just yeah. not very good movies. And I enjoyed episode one way over those ones. So, yeah. Uh, and I, was, I know it's not a perfect movie, but I have fun with it. So, yeah. I actually have a very good friend, uh, one of my high school friends, who um, super loves The Phantom Menace. He's got like the Monopoly Phantom Menace. Oh, wow. And he's got, yeah. Oh, he, he loves that and he will defend it to death. Um, oh, I, I get to fight this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like in the, in the cinema, with the first time you see Darth Maul like standing there, like with his lightsaber to one side and something comes out both ends. Cause I hadn't yeah. seen the trailer for it. So when that happened, I was like, <gasps> like that was a yeah, genuine yeah. moment for me. Like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Wow. And then the I, music and the fighting was so cool. With it. And I was like, this is brilliant. Duel of the Fates is one of those iconic Star Wars songs, despite only being in, uh, first appearing in episode one as opposed to the mm-hmm. classic ones. So I think, yeah, there, there are bits of episode one that are good. Um, I give him shit for it. I, I insist that it's terrible, but I, I think it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the problem. People say it's worse than it really is. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever, but I think some people just go, oh my god, it's terrible, even though, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. Come on, guys. No yeah. way worse movie out there. Yeah. I, but, sorry, um, Nick. Uh, I, oh. I just want to mention, based on episode one real quick before I forget, I equate the reaction to that um, very similarly to the first Michael Bay Transformers movie, because I loved that in the theater, and I'm not joking when Optimus Prime first says, I'm Optimus Prime in the theater, I went, woo! Like, because I was very, <laughs> as a big Transformers fan, I was just so excited to hear, I can't remember the actor's name now, and that's horrible, uh, him say that, that line. And it was a genuinely fun film. Um, in retrospect, the, they they only got worse, I will tell you that. But um, in, in retrospect, it's I don't think that one as a movie standalone is as bad as people say. I think people just say the Michael Bay Transformers are bad. They don't necessarily say which movie is the worst, or maybe they do. If you if you dove deep enough on the internet, you could find it. But Transformers too. I think I enjoyed the third one, which I think still had Sheila Booth in it, but didn't have Megan Fox in or something. I remember actually watching that and going, "I'm enjoying this movie." I'm, you know, I quite enjoyed that. I started to check out when there were Transformers testicles. 
guys yeah, Transformers that scene in the second one? I do remember it, yeah. Where they decided to just do, uh, uh, oh shit, what was his name made by the Constructicons again? They just brought him back? I don't remember. Um, yeah. And Devastator. Devastator was big. Yeah, 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 he yeah, had yeah. balls. So, and uh, I was I just didn't like, remember that. Oh, <laughs> I want to like this movie. What's happening now, though? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wow. I can understand your point on that, though, Graham. The episode one thing. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Safe space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Any uh, movies or games that really... Oh, yeah, tons. I mean, we talked last week about my love for Sonic Shuffle, which is entirely unironic. Yep. <laughs> like, I I do. And it it's probably nostalgia, at least. No, 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 it's not, because we played it at the uh, marathon, and I was... I was sitting there having a good time and like physically people were like, boo, fuck you. <laughs> I think um, that's like people were physically being sick in the corner, like, it's <laughs> terrible uh, game. Close. I mean, it was one of the early on entries. So they, they would just, everybody suffered and they were like, let's get this shit over with. Yeah. Um, but like my whole, my whole thing is liking kind of, um, weird and niche bad games i have this theory that I, I i think that i like movies and games that there's clearly a lot of passion that went in even if the end product is bad and the one that i i, I go back to is um sweary sweary 65 who made deadly premonition which is a a, a okay. uh, uh, weakness of mine as well as my one of my favorite games d4 dark dreams don't die which is a game that I play on an like annual basis. <clears throat> wow! Fun fact: you can I I, I can and have made uh, a full playthrough of that game as Scotty. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, oh wow! Yeah, I dress the character up in like a rock T-shirt and like he has your hair that. and facial hair and yeah. the glasses, and I just go around like as you. Yeah, this was back when um, I had disheveled wow. hair, uh, still these glasses, no facial hair, but I looked like every anime character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this some sort of identity theft? Like, some um, casual I'm, identity I'm, theft? No, I'll really? hand it over. He can have it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Nick would also... Um, yeah, let's let's so point out that like, Nick's just a crazy fan of me. He would he would put his friends and stuff into games. He wasn't just like, what game can I play as Scotty today? Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> <That's quite laughs> if, if I found... Yeah, if I found the option to make a character look like a, a friend of mine, I would do it. And that was, like, oh. my my favorite thing to do. Like, um, I was doing Nuzlocke's before Nuzlocke was like a common thing. And, uh, I would name Pokemon after my friends. And then, you know, when they died, like I would just wouldn't use them anymore. Um, <laughs> no. I wouldn't provide them. <laughs> It'd just be like, my friend died. <laughs> um, so, but, uh, yeah, as far as bad game, like D4 Dark Dreams Don't Die is like, it's like a weird visual game. So you play as this detective who has the ability to dive into the past and okay. like go around crime scenes and stuff. And he's really mainly trying to focus on this murder investigation related to his uh, wife's death. The only but crime he can't solve. Yeah, exactly. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's what it is. No, no, it's, it's that. It's that exactly. It's so <laughs> okay. stupid. But it's, never played it. it um, it was made for the Kinect, so like oh, there's a lot of right. motion control. Oh. So, like you go through and like you have to like put your hand out. Uh, obviously not on the Windows version, 
but you would put your hand out to like walk around and then you could interact Ooh. and like slap different um um uh, things in the in the world and there was like l- the dumbest achievements so you could like win points for every time you slapped something so when <laughs> whenever i play through like it's always like trying to see what i've what i can slap that i didn't slap before and so i just like tap on it over and over or with the connect you just like over and over and the characters would react you can dress up all the characters in different costumes oh, that's right. and so like normal circumstances you're just a dude like in a like suit and you've got a detective friend and then this lady who's like a cat but you can dress them up as different characters um the dialogue is really cheesy all of the characters are over the top there's like a um, fashion designer and a lady who's got like ocd and neurosis is um it's super crazy and super weird and by all accounts, it's, like, not fun to play. But I really liked it. I liked the passion. Um, it's clearly something that Swery wanted to make and was passionate about. And, like, when you learn about him, um, you learn, you, you kind of see influences. So uh, Swery has type 1 diabetes, so he's eating constantly. He has to be. And the character in this game, you have an energy meter. So, like, every time you take a few steps, you lose a bit of energy. So your character is oh. also eating constantly. And until you get enough points, that's one of the kind of gameplay segments is you need to go and find food. And so you can wow. just, like, roam around this crime scene and you find a packet of peanuts and you just eat the peanuts. And then you talk to <laughs> the thing. Uh, once you get enough points, you um, can talk to vendors and they can sell you food. And you can um, occasionally take breaks and go eat food with your detective buddy who will, like, make this massive, like, food pile for you. Um, so yeah, like all the games that I like are weird and usually occasionally bad. Um, and the same for movies too. So like Mortal Kombat comes to mind. Um, and then the obvious bad movies like The Room, it's just a lot of fun to just kind of sit and poke fun at. Uh, I still special watch that. Me too. The Room? Yeah, yeah. I've seen the, the movie with James Franco in where about making the disaster artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's kind of the first real experience I had of it. So I'm like, okay, because they show clips at the end just showing some of the scenes that they did in the movie with James Franco, one to one, which is like identical. And I'm like, I have to see this movie now. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah, yeah. We should arrange because um, I have a copy of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, same as uh, Birdemic. Have you have either of you heard of or seen Birdemic? I'm very familiar no. with it, but I've not seen it. Birdemic is like in inspired by um, the birds by Alfred Hitchcock. And it's just, it's so terribly made. Like it's aggressively funny how bad it is. Um, This guy like going around um, shooting film, like with no professional equipment. And he's just got the most ridiculous premise where there's this main guy who works at a tech startup and he starts casually dating this girl who like gets her photos done at like like a Kinkos or like one of those one hour photo shoots. And then her agent calls and she's like, yeah, so you're going to be the next Victoria's Secret cover girl. And she's like, oh, my God. And then the birds attack <laughs> um, and with, with just some of the worst CGI ever. Good. And it's it's so funny. It's oh, my God. Um 
it's it's just really funny when you see somebody really trying hard and they make something like aggressively bad and you don't understand how they thought this was okay mm. but they did and yep. they made it yep so it's just fun like yeah. that's what it that's what it comes back to i think um graham i think you would enjoy anything sweary has made I think that based on your oh, opinions yeah. of stuff, um, and he, to give you an idea of his direction, so to speak, um, before the second part of Twin Peaks came out on Showtime, everyone was saying like, dude, oh, cause there was all kinds of drama with Lynch not wanting to do it and stuff like that. And Lynch like yeah. backed out mm-hmm. and then he came back and he backed out and whatever. People were saying like, forget Lynch, get Sweary to make the next Twin Peaks okay. because Deadly Premonition is literally Twin Peaks and clearly he is a fan of it and you can see that yeah. in all of his games just the awkward mannerisms and it's all amazing mm. it's all amazingly did weird you not, and not shoved in your face as much as the second part of Twin Peaks is what's that Nick? Did, uh, did Graham do you not know uh, Deadly Premonition? I know no. Deadly Premonition I've just never okay. played it and I know yeah. the D4 Dreams Don't Die I've actually got that i think i've got a game pass but i've never actually played it yeah i feel like it was free for 360 or something at one point i forget yeah Yeah. because it was it was one of those ones really pushing connect right so they made it free yeah yeah. i've got that. yeah there's moments in deadly premonition where like a character will walk on screen like make a face at the camera like oh i'm not supposed to be here and then walk off screen (laughs) and there's there's like no reason like other than the fact that it might be aping style from david lynch's shots where like that could have happened in the background it's so funny i almost want to ask if you okay. still have your vods of playing through that game nick but then i remember when you were driving around you could not stop the car horn from honking so it was just a constant yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game yeah, yeah like and, and that's the other thing with sweary games is that they're usually a technical mess so like the co- the version of of uh, deadly premonition that i have is on pc and anytime I'd get into the car, it would constantly honk the horn oh, to the God. point where it was impossible. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I still couldn't figure out what it was. So it's just honking constantly. I can't get it to stop. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Boy, that's a good question, though, and a wow. bunch of good answers. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you have something else, Graham? Sorry. I was just going to say, I think that's uh, and probably enlightened the audience more to the the people on the show at the moment yeah yeah. (laughs) no doubt so um um, yeah good good questions this week though that's that's all we got in the sack so we're gonna close it up so that's gonna do it for the mail sack i hope that rang through (laughs) that was pretty good that one so yeah let's um let's uh take a little quick break and we'll be right back I want to let you guys know that Megavisions has a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. And when you're there, you can choose to uh, get either a physical or digital issue of the magazine. Uh, We ship uh, worldwide, so you can get one wherever you live. And if you subscribe to the physical edition, you automatically receive the digital issue uh, as well. And we only charge your account when we're actually ready to ship an issue. So you don't have to worry about getting uh, random charges that you don't understand why they're coming your way. We are uh, very clear and we let everyone know uh, like the weeks leading up to when we're actually going to charge everyone's account. So 
Uh, anyway, please go check it out. Uh, like I said, it's uh, www.patreon.com slash megavisions. And now we're moving on to our picks of the week. So uh, this is where we talk about the things we've been doing, like playing, uh, movies we've been watching, board games, books, whatever. So Nick, my friend, what is your pick of the week? So my pick of the week might be a little bit familiar to Scotty. It's oh, you changed pay- it. No. Okay, you changed it. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> the joke is just for you. Um, no, it's not Payday 2. Um, just for the audio pick- listeners, Nick just held up a screenshot of Payday 2. Uh, I yeah, thought he was going to so, yeah. be like, now right. the mobile version is fucking great, guys. <laughs> Uh, no, my pick of the week is actually piggybacking off of my discussion from the li- from um, the question. I like weird games. The pick uh, that I have is a game called Disco Elysium, which is an isometric, literal role-playing game. Uh, it's definitely not traditional. It won in 2019 some awards for Best Narrative, uh, Visual okay. Art, Independent Game, Role-Playing Game. You play as a cop, um, a detective... Um, who's investigating a murder, and all of the game's um, interactions are based on some dice rolls and stats. Um, and they're not like traditional stats; they're stats like all—they're all mental stats. And your character is basically a piece of shit. Like <laughs> you—I mean, to, to give premise, you wake up from a drunken stupor, and you're like trying to figure out what happened, and. Okay. Um, so your, your stats include, like, inner narration, your ability to piece things together, your ability to be charming, and, um, you know, your just general mental fortitude. And there's no traditional combat in the game. <clears throat> you do all these little dice rolls and interactions, and, like, just interacting with the world has the potential of hurting you. So, for example, you could, pay so- you could play your, your cop as somebody who's book smart, but, like, very mentally and emotionally fragile. So, like, when you talk to people, sometimes people will be like, why are you such a piece of shit? Like, why do you <laughs> suck so much? And, like, then you'll do a little roll, and if that hurts your feelings too much, you'll take damage, like emotional damage. Oh, okay. Huh. And so um, it's it's really funny because there's, like, there, like I said, there's no traditional combat. You have to go around and try and find clues, and those clues are dependent. Whether you f- or not you find these clues out is dependent on your stats um and sometimes like you might play a cop who's like an alcoholic so like in order to function remotely you need to be having him consume alcohol because then he gets yeah stat buffs um to take more physical and emotional damage um, okay and it, it actually increases his ability to make rolls um and and all of these so there's like three main stats there's intellect psyche or no four Intellect, psyche, physique, and motoristics, but then each of those stats has six substats. So okay. uh, you might be, for example, book smart, but like not know very much about electrochemistry, which is pretty much your ability to your familiarity with drugs and your ability to consume them. Or you could be smart, but only in the field of electrochemistry. Okay. Um, 
which allows you to understand the aspects of consumption and all of that. Um, it, it, all of that sounds really complicated, but I'm going to close it by like telling this story of, uh, and it's a clip on my, uh, my Twitch channel of the time I got so sad that I died. And so, um, I, I got to, I got to, um, the, the murder, uh, the murder scene where there's the body hanging and the, uh, the, in the garbage beneath the body, like I had my character search around and my partner at the time is like, Hey, what is that? And I pick it up and it's like my case notes. And he's like, dude, why did you let your case notes be in the garbage? And I was like, don't worry about it. And I took a little bit of emotional damage there. And so I'm inspecting my case notes. I spent on stream like a good 30 minutes reading aloud these case notes, like about old cases, files, what I know about this case. So I learned a lot. And then like there's a perception role and it's like, hey, you hear a rattling around in your case file. What is that? And you open up a secret compartment and inside there's some medicine, uh, a pen and a photo. And I took all of it and I, it's like, do you want to look at the photo? I look at the photo and there's like a note on it and it's like, a note from like, I, I can't tell who it was from because like, as I'm reading it, it seems like it's from like my wife or my girlfriend. And she's talking about how much she loves you and how she's proud of you. And she knows that you're such a good guy and you, you're, you know, all these things. And as I finish reading the note, like your inner monologues, like I have to stop reading this is making me too sad. Um, and he got so sad that I took another point of emotional damage and I, my character literally just fell over and I was like, what happened? <laughs> and then it restarts me. And I, and, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I got so sad that I died. Wow. Oh God. Wow. So, that is... Yeah. That's Some, something else. So That's pretty heavy. More of the story. <laughs> Don't go back and read your old live journal entries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Disco Elysium is available on all platforms. It's coming out to console this year sometime, um, but it's on both that. Steam and uh, Apple OS, iOS. Um, so if if any of that interests you, definitely give it a check out. Um, it's story-heavy game. I think it would work really well on the Nintendo Switch where it's kind of portable and you can just kind of okay. pick it up and put it yeah. down. So wow. that's me. I um. A quick comment on that, I guess. Um, how you use alcohol to essentially keep yourself baseline or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. That reminded me of Condemned 2 Bloodshot on PS3 and 360. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the first yeah. game, you're an FBI agent. Well, the, both games, you... <clears throat> first game, you're an FBI agent. And then the second game, you have hit rock bottom after this case. And so you're essentially homeless. But you actually consume alcohol in the game to steady your vision and sometimes your use of weapons and stuff so that's i've never mm-hmm. heard of any other game doing something like that normally you have drinking wow. it'll like blur your vision but that's like the whole yeah. two games i've heard that would do that to help i really do not remember that on condemned 2 i love condemned 2 yeah. i yeah played it reviewed it and finished it and everything i can't remember that being a thing it's so. they don't, I don't maybe think it's necessary I just can't remember it misremembering maybe. yeah that, that uh, those both those games introduced a lot of cool ideas that they did not fully flesh out so that's probably why you don't remember yeah. it uh, I, I, I thought Condemned 2 is an, an amazing game though. I love that game so yeah, much so. I, I really like that yeah. one too but that, that sounds interesting I don't know that that'd be up my alley I think honestly for me I think it would be more interesting for me to watch someone play it that's very engaged mm-hmm. in it than actually try it myself because I just can't get into uh, genres like that but yeah for sure 
So cool. So yeah, Nick, if you're streaming it a little bit more, then uh, let let everybody know. We can check it out. Yeah, yeah deal. Sounds good. Cool. Um, so I'll, I'll go next. Um, my one this week is a little bit different. I've never done one of these before. I am doing a book, and but I don't actually have the physical version of the book. I have it on Kindle. Um, I've, I've just actually bought up a screenshot on my phone. It oh, is okay. Mogworld. So it's Mogworld by Yahtzee Crossshaw. Um, so some people might know Yahtzee. He is the guy who does the zero punctuation videos over at The Escapist, um, theescapistmagazine.com. Um, so if you don't know zero punctuation, he does these quite, these little video reviews with uh, little, his own little cartoon animated characters and he talks very quickly very fast he's got a british accent he talks like a bit like this we know with zero punctuation so he's very fast oh, his is quickly. heavier than yours yeah. though so say that again i was saying his accent is heavier than yours and it might just be because oh, he's talking really? faster though in my opinion anyway Maybe. yeah yeah um so yeah he he but yeah he's uh so he's known for being quite sarcastic and satirical um and quite humorous but he's written some books and this book actually came out 12 years ago now it came out in uh 2008 and uh i don't want to give too much of the plot away but um if i show you the uh, front cover of the book again you, uh to give you an idea i thought that was a magic the stuff. gathering um, so the front cover <laughs> yeah so the front cover it shows uh basically a skeleton kind of undead person with tattered robes and uh what's the a little rabbit at the bottom corner mm. uh so yeah, uh, which if you read the book, that will make sense to you. But essentially, without giving too much of the main overarching plot or giving any spoilers away, um, the story is essentially about a guy who's a wizard in training. He's called Jim. And at the very start of the book, an army is attacking his magic college and he dies. And then sometime later, I think it's about 50 years later, he's suddenly brought back to life by a necromancer. He becomes part of this necromancer's undead army effectively so he's an undead minion basically to a powerful necromancer um but during his time since he died the world has changed and now people can't die anymore uh so living humans like if i was to walk up to you scotty and kill you your body would die but your soul would escape and go away and basically you'd be regenerated in a new body um so you'll be back alive again effectively but while people aren't dying, no one's being born as well. Can I be a um, dog? You cannot change into a dog, unfortunately. Damn it. You have, you can't, you have I reject, back I reject this reality and continue my own. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, that's, that's a Mythbusters quote, isn't oh, is it? it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think, I think a Mythbusters one wears a t-shirt that says Damn that on the title or something. I can't that's yeah, the anyway. second time in my um, life that's happened. I apparently quoted Star Trek at one point, and I've never seen anything Star Trek. <laughs> um but yeah so essentially uh living people can't die anymore but it also means that the um like jim and the other undead like basically snake around to raises hundreds of undead minions to do his bidding and like try and take over the world and they can't die again either so basically jim jim's favorite time of life was when he was dead like so when he was dead, he was happy, as peaceful. There was nothing bothering him. He's very, he's a very grumpy kind of sar- sarcastic kind of person. Um, and so his his goal in his new undead life is to try and die, but he still can't die. The the difference between the undead people though and living people is that if he dies, um, his soul leaves his body for a bit, but then he comes back into his body. So the more damage his undead body gets, like 
basically it just stays it stays damaged it doesn't repair itself or anything you can't get a new body or anything like that um so there's a difference basically that these undead people have been brought back to life they still can't die as well whatever is affecting the rest of the world affects them but in a slightly different way and so yeah his ultimate goal of the book is to try and try and find a way to die but also understand what's happened to the world in the last 50 years that has made the world so you can't die anymore basically so that's kind of the general beginning of the story that's literally in like the first few pages you find all this information out so like within the first chapter uh so yeah and i i thought it was really good very entertaining story i i I have a book club at work a sci-fi book club which i helped run and that was the book that was chosen most recently and we all enjoyed it we thought it was great it's a very funny book uh very enjoyable story the characters in it are really funny there's a lot of creative characters so jim the main protagonist is is basically a dick and you can kind of see his point of view though because um he was happy dead basically and like now he's been brought back to life and there's some really annoying characters around him who i think in some books or tv shows would be very annoying but yeah he uh in in this book he that those characters actually play off him quite well because of the character that he is uh so yeah i think definitely get a chance to read it if you can and yeah so mogweld by yahtzee crossshaw yeah I, like I know him, that yeah. he's really inspired by Douglas Adams, um, Yahtzee. So mm. uh, I'm a big fan of Douglas Adams as well. So I'm, I would What's be looking forward to check that out. I might give it a shot. Uh, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, and okay. uh, Dirk Gentley's Holistic Detective Agency. Yeah, gotcha. and uh, I think I think most uh, gamers and you know I guess I'm going to use the the word the phrase nerd or geek or whatever. I think most people get a kick out of this book because uh, yeah. uh, most losers yeah, will it's, love it's this. What, <laughs> we're awesome we're yeah. all awesome people but yeah i think it's it's aimed at that sort of target audience and there's this fun paradox between some of the conversations people have and the kind of fantasy world they're in which is just brilliant and you don't normally get in fantasy books so yeah does he cool does he, you said the main character's name is jim and he's a necromancer yeah no so he is a wizard he was oh, at this okay. like I totally misheard. Mage College, basically, it's wizard school. He is yeah. resurrected by a necromancer, though. Oh, so, he, and he—he's like a really bad wizard. He's done like t- like the first year of wizardry, so he can basically make a fireball and do something else. Like I think he put out what he could put out fires, on, small fires on plants by like spraying a little bit of water. But that's about it. He knows no real magic. I mean, we could all do that. Yeah, yeah, he can still <laughs> do some of his magic, but he's just not very good. So it's just kind of the situations he gets into is just pretty funny. Uh, okay. Yeah. That sounds cool. interesting. I didn't know that Yahtzee wrote any books, so I'm I'm sure he's one of the better reviewers out there on the internet, in my opinion. So I thought he's probably, yeah. I would imagine I, he's a decent writer, too. I've always enjoyed his reviews, and yeah, it turns out he's actually done a few books, like five or six books, I think, over the last yeah. ten years or so. So there's a few out there, and I'm, I'd be interested to read some more. It's uh, yeah, pretty decent. Cool. Yeah, so Scotty... Uh, what if, what if you, what is your pick of the week? What is your pick of the week? My pick of the week, we've mentioned it countless times before. We had a sideshow episode dedicated to it. The 1987 movie, The Monster Squad, which is a great film. Um, unfortunately, it was a victim of circumstance. It released a couple years after The Goonies, so everybody thought it was just a Goonies ripoff. The two movies are not comparable at all. Because Goonies is fun. It has, you know, the theme song behind it. Goonies is fun. Goonies is fun. (laughs) You know, everybody can relate to their neighborhood getting turned into a golf course. Um, And uh, but behind Goonies had the the cast and Spielberg behind it. 
Unfortunately, Monster Squad doesn't have a lot of that, but it does have... I'm, I'm really bad at names, but it does have some people that have done other stuff within the industry. Um, and oh, yeah. uh, it is essentially a group of kids trying to stop the universal monsters from gathering and taking over the world. I, I No joke, that's the plot. Um, <laughs> and But people have probably heard this quote and not known what it's from. Wolfman's Got Nards came out of this movie. Um, <laughs> okay. And which is actually also the name of the documentary for it. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's, it, it's this and another movie, uh, kicked off the month of Halloween movies for me and Rachel. Um, and it, I realize I think she introduced me to it, but I think it is genuinely my favorite Halloween movie because it's, okay. it's on the line. I would group it in with like Ernest scared stupid and, um, stuff like that, like hocus pocus even, but, the kids swear a lot in this uh, movie, and I will I will preface this with if you go to check it out now, um, some terms have not aged well because they do drop an f bomb, and I'm not talking about f u c k. But if you go back and watch the first Bill and Ted, oh, it's okay. in that movie a couple of times. So the '80s, I guess, whatever. Um, yeah. That in mind, it has a PG-13 rating. Um, if if Chris was on this week, he would mention that this is what got his son Odin, his youngest son, into the Universal monster movies. So it is, it's okay. a cool. It's there's definitely swearing that you have to be if you want to introduce your kids to Halloween movies. You've got to like make sure they know that they should not use a lot of the terms in this film. But it's and I think that's unfortunately why it wasn't as popular as it could have been because if they had just censored it a little bit in some areas, I think it could have been a family film rather than a PG 13. Yeah. Like it's a fun, goofy eighties thing. And, and it is another one of those things where it's another movie that shows off a treehouse that a kid has that there's no way the child could create this thing or build this thing, but it is a clubhouse <laughs> you would want to be part of, you know? Um, yeah, but no, it's fun. Uh, and it, Unfortunately, there's no big names in it. I think the only like recognizable actor is one of the bullies that is the older brother in the Wonder Years. I, I'm so bad okay. with names. I should really look up this shit. But um, yeah, I'm looking at the IMDb list now, and yeah. I don't recognize a single name in this. And I'm generally okay with actors' names, but oh, and right. Andre Gower, who's like the main guy, I don't recognize him at all. So he hasn't really done much else. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, uh, if anyone's into documentaries, the recent recently released um, uh, In Search of Darkness, which is a four hour documentary on literally the full decade of the 80s of horror movies. They mentioned this one in there and they have them him in there talking about it. And he talks about how it, it really didn't do well because it wasn't it wasn't sure of who to target in terms of the audience, whether it was. Yeah, I feel like it was it, it it's unfortunate because it's definitely something that like if this movie was out when I was like. 12 i probably would have loved it uh, or if i had seen it younger but i think if i had watched it in high school i would have been like i'm too cool for this because it stars children <laughs> but it's not like nostalgia heavy um but it, it it's really good it's really fun it's it's a light-hearted thing and i think it's a good way to kick off halloween month of movies if you don't want something slashery or thrillery or something like that unfortunately it's kind of hard to find it i finally after I've probably only known of this film for about three years, but realizing it was on Netflix or something, we finally bit the bullet and just grabbed it through Best Buy site and got the Blu-ray. There are no bonus features on it. It is literally the movie and the chapters, which is a damn nice. shame, especially for a Blu-ray copy. But um, yeah, 
yeah, the Monster Squad is a lot of fun. Uh, I I can't recommend it enough. If you like things like if you like things like Goonies uh, and Ernest Scared Stupid, Hocus Pocus, stuff like that. So cool. Have so either of you guys seen it? I have oh, a sorry. feeling. I was going to say, I, I have a feeling I've seen this movie when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I'm not entirely sure. So I need to ask a question. Sure. Is there a scene? Well, as, as a couple of things. Do they have to go under their bed into the monster world or something? No. Is that how no. they get there? And is there a scene where they have to pick up batteries to put into their torches and the lights and the torches hurt the monsters? Uh, are you thinking of gremlins? <laughs> no, uh, this <laughs> So I haven't seen Monster Squad then. There's another movie that sounds very similar, that basically the monsters from the underground world are trying to take over a town in America or the whole world, I'm not sure. And the kids only the kids seem to know about it. and They, they have to go under their bed to get into the world. And it turns out the monsters are afraid of light. And they discover this. And there's, there's a scene where they're like going through drawers and opening cupboards and putting out batteries and like like like... Like loading a gun, like an action movie, they're like shoving these batteries into their torches, like yeah, like zapping the torches in like the monsters' faces. No idea stuff. what that is. Um, okay, I, so I don't know what I'm talking about, and I don't know what Monster Squad is. <laughs> yeah, for a second I thought you were talking about the Disney movie "Don't Look Under the Bed," or it's called something like that, <laughs> I, uh, where they do that. literally go know. under the bed into an alternate monster world. Um, but they don't, oh, they don't like lock and load their batteries though. There's none of that. Oh, okay. um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what you're thinking of, uh, but the monster <laughs> squad is a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to check that no, out. No, the, the monster squad, they literally fight the universal monsters like Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, uh, Gilman, creature in the black lagoon, Wolfman, you know, the monster squad. I know it's a thing. I just clearly never watched it. I thought I had based on what I just said, but, uh, Apparently, I've been describing the wrong movie. That's okay. <laughs> Check it out, though. Monster Squad, somehow. Yeah. Nick, have you yeah. seen Monster Squad, or do you have any no. opinions on it? Uh, okay. No. <laughs> but I might give it a shot. Yeah, I think I think it, I might see if it's available over here, like on Amazon or something, if I can It's only like an hour and a half long, if even that. I forget. Yeah, cool. So... It's just a darn shame it got compared to Goonies so much that nobody gave it a chance, but it's really... Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say it's better than Goonies, because that would be like saying, like, Ready Player One is better than James Bond. Like, they're not the same thing at all, you know? Right, okay. Yeah. It, I, I can understand it's one of those... Because it's probably because it's got young kids in it going on an adventure. Yeah, Goonies, it's literally just but, kids yeah. in the 80s swearing at grown-ups. That's somehow how it's like the Goonies, you know? <laughs> all right. That'll be able to find that on Netflix because you like kids in the '80s swearing at you. Right? Yeah. Because you hate big corporate America. Here's you know. <laughs> That's my oh, pick, though. So That's nice. brilliant. Well, some good picks there. And uh, for the audience at home, if you watch any of our stuff, or play any of our stuff, or read any of the stuff that we talk about, let us know because we'd love to hear your opinions on it as well. Do you think it's a good pick? And just to be clear, clear, we're not saying these are the best things in the world, but we're enjoying them. We think they're fun, and especially in this whole lockdown world, why not give it a try? What's the worst thing that could happen? Uh, so yeah, brilliant. So we'll move on from that, and we'll actually move into our feature discussion this week, which is, I haven't really got a proper title for this, but we could call it either Micro, Micro Men, or of Men and Micro. Should that be of Micro and Men, maybe? What is of micro and anyway, men? Yeah, maybe I said that. I quoted the yeah, thing. Yeah, micro and men. There we go. Um, that's what got my notes. So let's call it of micro and men. And so 
essentially with the release of the Game Gear Micro in Japan, which was uh, on October the 6th, 2020, we're going to be looking at the Game Gear Micro and also discussing a little bit about the world of, I guess, micro consoles. Um, so it, just to be clear, the Sega has released the Game Gear Micro in aid of their 60th anniversary. So Sega has been around for 60 whopping years, but also it is the 30th anniversary of the Game Gear. So that's pretty incredible to think. Uh, I remember when the Game Gear came out, and my God, that's crazy. Uh, so yeah, both Scotty and I have the Game Gear Micros. We pre-ordered them several episodes ago, actually, on the show. We were live on the show. We were basically, well, I pre-ordered mine from Amazon Japan, and uh, effectively, that's one of the main ways you can really get it. And so we'll have a quick discussion about uh, what we think of them, talk a bit about them, show them off a little bit to the camera. So I've got my ones in front of me. And yeah, Nick, I know you don't have one, but maybe you can uh, ask some questions or chip in and we'll uh, have a look at this. And then we'll get discussing more about the micro console world in general. So, uh, Scotty, I'm going to let you start on this. Um, you've got the Game Gear Micros. You got them the other day. They all came through. What are you thinking? What are your thoughts and feelings on this? So as soon as I opened them up, I prefaced that I forgot that I bought these a while ago, and then I realized it when <laughs> I got an alert from Amazon Japan, and then I was like, shit, I need to tell the love of my life that I just spent $200 uh, inspired by Chris Powell's peer pressure and alcohol, and and I, <laughs> I stupidly told her, I was like, hey, I just want to let you know this package is coming, also because I wasn't sure if it needed to be signed or not, signed for, so I wanted to give her a heads up. And I'm like, I got those Game Gear Micros. It was $200 for the four of them. But you're going to say, oh, and here she comes delivering something else I needed. Thank you, darling. Uh -huh. Okay. Wow. Hey, Rach. Uh, they say hi. <laughs> hi. Um, that's for something else, but or another part of this. So I opened them up, and I told her, I was like, you're going to think these are dumb, but then you're going to look at them and be like, oh, how cute. Maybe it wasn't that dumb of a purchase. Opened up the boxes. Opened up, got one out of the box, like unboxed it, and I was like, I immediately regret this purchase because they... <laughs> I'll show you why. Uh, I forgot to get a Happy Meal toy. So, um, I don't remember. Rachel actually grabbed this. So, for the for those listening, I have one of the dumb sonic electronic handheld things that mcdonald's handed oh, wow. out at one point i don't think you had this in the uk did you graham like these there was like this one a, like, a, someone playing soccer it's shadow playing hockey against stuff. no we and we had something else a little while ago because i've actually got one i can't find it though i was going to do it in my video yeah for the, the video micro but it's like a little tiny tails yeah that little Tails one, basically. So um, I'm holding up next to this. There, the there. plastic of this Happy Meal toy feels more durable than the fucking Game Gear Micro. And Oh, wow. Okay. Because it, it is. It's like thicker plastic. Probably because there's also less electronics in this to worry about the shell invading the space of the, the board in the Game Gear Micro. Um, the And I think... Like, it just feels light. And when I was putting together the, the micro camera, the big window thing, I honestly mm. thought I was going to break it. Um, yeah, I was very scared because it's a couple of latches that go on the top. It's three parts, um, and I can mm, I don't even want to try to take it apart because I'm afraid I'm going to break the hinges. Um, and then that slaps onto there and all that fun stuff, and you can check out Graham's unboxing. I did a parody unboxing. We can mention that later. But when I opened this up, I was just like, fuck me. This was not worth $200, which comes out to $50 <laughs> per handheld. 
And the real kicker is like it still require it doesn't require, but it can take AAA batteries, or you can plug in a micro um, USB. USB into the top. I can't get the case back on. Uh, it's so small, and the screen is so small, and it's the size of the, the VMU. And that also made me think like I like the rubbery buttons on the VMU. I'm holding up one the the visual memory unit for the Dreamcast. I prefer them over the plastic. And the last yeah. thing I'll say real quick, I was playing the, I thought I'd give it a decent shot and I was sitting down, I was laying in bed last night playing some of these prep for the episode, honestly. And I'm like trying to hold this thing while I'm laying down and just look at my, I look, my hands look like a face hugger <laughs> from aliens right now with the way I have to hold this thing. Like, and, but if you hold up a VMU, this is more comfortable because you have your fingers somewhere to go. And I equated that to, like, the Dreamcast controller almost, because the Dreamcast are almost pinching when you hold it. This one, I had to, like, find a way to hold this and properly frame it with my fingers, and I couldn't really comfortably do that. And I had I had earbuds in it, because Rachel's trying to read a book while I'm playing this, and I had the big window on it, and I just look over her, I'm like, honey, how stupid do I look right now? Because I'm laying in bed like this. With like earplugs and stuff, <laughs> with this thing probably three inches from my face, and <laughs> I probably look like I've got to call the president or something. The way I'm like intently trying to play this thing, and apparently I do not remember this. I fell asleep while I was playing it, and like when I fall asleep, I kind of scare myself awake sometimes, and I just get intense, I guess, because uh, because Rachel. Um, and it, you know, you know how when you jump in bed when you're asleep and you wake yourself oh, up. Yeah. Apparently, this is exactly what happened. Like I'm, I'm like falling asleep, and Rachel looks over, and I just go like this, and I like start to press the buttons real intensely. <laughs> and I looked over her. I do not remember saying this, and I just, and she didn't say anything to me, but I just looked over. I'm like, sorry, I was dozing. <laughs> <laughs> So oh that, my God. Uh, wow. that's my review of the micros. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Um, yeah, so I, I actually did the, an unboxing and review, uh, not a parody review, but an actual review on Megavision's YouTube channel, so you guys can check it out. The audience can check that out. But uh, I'll just do a quick rundown. I mean, I this is a weird thing. I essentially... I can't really recommend the people to buy these because, as you say, Scotty, the price of them is ridiculous. So right. in the UK, I think it's about, for all four of them, uh, if you pre-ordered it and got the big window thing, uh, which I'll slide my one on, there you go, um, is about 150-odd pounds, so in America it's about $200. And, yeah, the fact that you only get four games on each of these, and they are different games on each of them, but you only get four on each of them, it kind of just is like, Wow. Okay, if sixteen games in total, like two hundred dollars, that's just not good economics, really. Um, and I, I feel like the actual build quality is not as bad as what you're saying. I think that actually, I was playing online for quite a while. Actually, I played for quite a few hours, like testing out the games and stuff, and I found them perfectly fine to play. I think they, they, they are rather on the. I'm not going to lie, they are obviously rather on the small size. So yeah, just a, a Scotty did it earlier, but a comparison yeah. between the actual original Game Gear and these things. You can put the entire Game Gear, the Meat Game Gear Micro, over the screen of the original Game Gear. And, yeah, it fits right in the screen, basically. And the, the Game Gear, the original Game Gear screen is obviously taller as well. So it's just insane how tiny it is. And it is so, yeah, smaller it's not, than the VMU screen, I just realized. Yeah, it, 
Yeah, so the screen on the Game Gear Micro screen on the Game Gear Micro is smaller than the VMU screen, and like side by side, the VMU is a tiny bit bigger. So it's insane. I found I didn't have a huge problem playing with though. I don't know if I I position my fingers. I I just do that basically. I just have my my index fingers behind, and that for some reason that's fine. That's comfortable for me. So when I was playing them. I actually found them very playable, very functional. I think the D-pad works really well. The button presses worked really well. So I was playing them fine. And yeah, um, so yeah, I was being able to play like Sonic and everything perfectly pretty much. But the screens are very, very tiny. And I'm just going to say it. This big window thing does jack all, basically. Yes, it magnifies <laughs> it, but like by a tiny, tiny amount. And so also it's like, it has oh, the yeah. weird pattern on it that you can't as clearly see yeah. as okay. just looking at the screen. So, Annoyingly, my camera is not yeah, focusing not on my screen properly because yeah. I'm holding it up, so you just see a bright light at the moment. But yeah, um, but yeah, when I take so it, it enlarges it a tiny bit, but when I take it off, I'm like, oh, it's enlarged it like a mac- micro fraction. That I'm trying to see if I can, <laughs> yeah, I can't really get it zoomed I, yeah. in close enough for you to see the. Um... Yeah, How would you I, I found that? it. I found it most helpful when I was playing the Shining Force games because on the Shining Force games, when you're fighting in like the battle mode, you've got like a uh, four little squares that sort of show let's say like defense or hold and stuff so the writing on that's quite small and when you put that on you can just see that a little bit clearer but otherwise it's pretty pointless um and the downside is because these are from japan and they're japanese only all the games are in japanese there's very few games which actually have any english writing in them so the rpgs in particular i have no idea what's happening really like i mean shining force is easy to do because it basically is just battle you're just fighting battles you know what to do uh, there's no really exploring in the Game Gear version of the Shining Force. Uh, other games are easy to play because there's there's lots of games you don't really need to read stuff. But yeah, it's uh, a bit of a nightmare for that. Uh, yeah. So I think they're cool, but they're not worth the money. <laughs> uh, wow. It's uh, but I, I some... and Scott. Oh, what are you going to say, Nick? Sorry. Oh, I just had some questions. Go ahead with Scotty though. I was just going to say Scott. Scotty did a really good uh, parody unboxing. So check that out because I thought that was brilliant yeah. it's just yeah so much fun the only one and, sincere uh, part of my unboxing is i probably will lose these things if they stay outside of their box like it's, yeah. it's gonna be so easy <laughs> to misplace these um i wanted yeah. to say real quick on your comment of the big window micro thing or whatever it's called they probably included it with the bundle because they honestly felt bad if they were to charge people money for that thing on its own <laughs> yeah because actually the same i that's the thing with the big window i've just lost mine oh there we go so yeah <laughs> i tried to i tried to do an unboxing video part part of my review unboxing video review thing i tried to do an unboxing of the big window but it's so fiddly for me to try and do it i was like this is not good entertainment for the unboxing so i sort of pulled out of the box obviously and showed the, the initial parts and i was like okay i'll try to put it together and it's just so awkward and i was like right okay i'll just try and get it in and then once if i work out how to do it quickly then maybe i can sort of resume my unboxing by like putting it back together again or whatever but i put it i finally put it together and now as you said i'm now afraid to take it apart because it feels like it will break like yeah. once it's in place it's kind of fine but it is so flimsy that i'm like i don't think i can unclip it without damaging it um so yeah now that's just stuck on box forever now because it won't fit back it will not fit back in this box because it comes in like three separate parts basically um, yeah, but it, it's it's quite good they've designed it that it slides out, slides across the game gear because initially I was trying to like clip it on like in a weird cranky way but yeah and it's good it's very thoughtful of them that they've included a little round hole for the headphone socket as well so very just thoughtful. for the audience I'm going to the camera there's a you can see there's like a little tiny hole <laughs> you could put the the headset through and 
yeah but um i think i think the the biggest the biggest regrets of these is there's there's no upgrades to the quality of the games in any way shape or form so visually and audibly they're not any better of the original game gear there's no things like state saves um yeah there's no extra features to any of these games so you're getting the original bare bones versions and for the price you've paid for them yipes wow okay <laughs> yeah i thought also so, i could maybe use my phone with google translate on it to hold it up to the screen for some of the rpgs i sent you guys a mm. screenshot though because i am i'm yeah. genuinely slightly bummed because one of these games on i think it's oh the yellow one i could just look at the screenshot i shared with you guys is the poyo poyo jrpg which i was legit curious to play oh, yeah. but and I thought, based on the picture, it was like a cooking game, because it has some girl, like, panicking <laughs> over meat on a fryer or something. So we loaded up. Rachel actually started playing it. I'm like, here, let me help you with this conversation, honey. And I sent you guys the screenshot, and it just... The only thing that showed up, translated, was the phrase, this meat. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if... It, I don't know what it is, if it's the actual characters they're using or something but google translate and the other translator i've got do up. not translate on these games at all really they're like the odd word here yeah, and there and scotty's like trying to hold up the I'm box trying to hold up but the it's... back because it's this girl like holding a ladle with a chef's hat on and she's just next to a delicious looking plate of meat and i'm like oh maybe that's some <laughs> weird cooking sim that i could finagle my way through no it's one of the poyo poyo which is a puzzle game rpg based <laughs> around it yeah my camera any... awesome. i don't think my camera's gonna be any better that's a uh, little better but yeah you can see like the plate yeah. of meat there. right but then, oh, and also, I, 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 I only realized this afterwards, but once you take off the battery backpack for the back of these, it suddenly becomes very easy to take, almost too easy to take off. Like, oh, yeah, you're the right. The first time I understood, I had to sort of clip it, and it had nice satisfaction. Now it just feels like this thing will fall off at any point in time now. This is too, yeah. almost two. And that's on all of them. On all of them, I've, I've done that because I've tested them all out and put batteries oh. in them. And, yeah. Something to mention. Something that might be worth mentioning. I think part of the reason behind the different colors, because there's the the yellow with the green buttons, there's the red, there's the light blue, and then there's the black. Um, in Japan, the Game Gear got released in a multitude of colors. Um, over in America, all we got was the black and then the Sonic blue, quote unquote. Um, the red one that I have is recapped from uh, a retro shop and whatever, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, they had different colors over in Japan. We only ever had... I think we maybe got a yellow one as well. Um, okay. But I think they use that as an excuse to, like, let's bundle these games with this, but... Yeah. You know. yeah. I think in the UK we only got the original black one. I don't, I don't know if I remember maybe. seeing, like, an official release in the UK of any other color, but I could be wrong on that. But, yeah. Uh, sorry, Nick, did you say you had some questions? Uh, yeah, I had a couple. Uh, before I forget it, though... I have to tell you that, Scotty, if I saw a person with the earbuds and the, the, uh, <laughs> little micro screen, yeah. right, on, like, on the subway or something, like, never been a bully in my life, but something about seeing that in real life would probably trigger some bully instincts. <laughs> like, this <laughs> needs to be given a noogie. Yeah. Or what, um, if I had, what if I had, like, these on, like, you know, like an oh, Astro headset absolutely. or something, and I'm just like, wedgie. Wedgie time. Graham if, you need, yeah, Graham, if you need a thumbnail for this week or something, I'll just repose with this. Um, yeah, no, that's... All of that just sounds horrific. Like, I can't... Uh, the the thing that came to mind when I was watching both of your reviews was that, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's like a novelty thing. And I, I mentioned it earlier. Maybe it's like um, 
you just want to do it for like having it on hand, having like a little keychain, what have you. But if the plastic is thin, obviously to make it small so that they can, um, you know, uh, keep the cost of it down, then it makes me feel like, man, would they like, uh, wouldn't this get all scratched up and torn up, you know, uh, if you kept it on your keys and right. that'd be concerning. Um, I'm, I'm curious about how long the lithium ion battery for that lasts, especially if it also has the AAA batteries. Like what's the weight on that going to be like? And then I saw, um, a, I forget. I want to say it was in Graham's unboxing where you did the little screen. Um, and there was a big thumbprint, like fingerprint on the screen. Oh, um, right. and it was, <clears throat> It's not like it was a bad thing, but it made me think like, oh, cleaning and maintaining this thing oh, like might just, be. Just to be clear, that's not a thumbprint. That's the, the screen. It's actually got this weird swirly oh, thing in okay. the screen. Like, oh, that's a micro. Because I think the original magnifier for the original Game Gear, the way the glass was designed or the plastic was designed to make it magnify it, it at the time, it just had to have that weird. It's it's hard it's hard to I can't really show on the camera. Also, yeah, yeah, never mind the fact I literally just tried to wipe something off in the micro, like on the other side, and I'm like, I have to like get in a good half to yeah. almost a full inch into the thing to somehow wipe this off. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so try and trying to think about the product from a Japanese perspective. There's definitely the novelty. It's in in Japanese tech, so it's like not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. But like from an American or British or, you know, U.S. global perspective on this thing, it is a collector's thing. Like, this is yeah. because I want to have it and I want to have it on my shelf. Yeah, I can't yeah. possibly imagine that this seems practical for everyday use. How long yeah. do you know is the lithium-ion battery last? So, I might be wrong with this, but it doesn't. I don't think it's got a lithium-ion battery. Why would it plug into the U? So you just you power it. You just power it directly. Yeah. Like you would the original game. For example, the original game gear, you powered directly from the mains. If you want, you plug, can use the Mega Drive or the Genesis plug, and it oh. would just plug into the wall, so you could play that way. Because I did test it out, and it seemed to power it, but I don't think it charged it at all in any way. So the idea is you well, can use yeah, that would make sense. Triple A's or or that. Um, I haven't got a micro USB cable next to it. I was going to test it out again, but. I'm sure when I tested out the other day, when I was doing the like unboxing review, okay. it powered it when I was doing it, but when I unplugged it, it just went off. Unless okay, I got that wrong. I don't know. No, Tom, no. Did that... you do that? Uh, no, I didn't try it out. I was trying to look up. Uh, another gentleman did a unboxing of it where he actually took the thing apart to look at the insides, and I it, oh yeah, I get to wait for every YouTube goddamn ad in the world. But I was going to look for um, if there was Battery. a lithium on the on the board at all. Uh, gotcha. But... Mm. So. I find that really weird because uh, then it makes the weight of it also an issue because the, at the very least, I don't know, obviously yeah. I don't have one physically, so I don't know how much it would weigh, but the weight of the two AAA batteries would also... There's no lithium battery in this thing. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Strange. Um, so, so weird. They, they, are, they are super light. When you've got the AAA batteries in, though, you do notice a big weight difference in them, but it's not like heavy heavy or anything but gotcha. it's uh yeah they, they, they are crazy light i think if without the batteries in they are just 
They're lighter than my keys, for example, basically. Yeah, like, yeah that's what keys. made me immediately regret the, re- the purchase. Regret the purchase was when I opened up one and it didn't have batteries in it. It, it is just so light. Like, it's lighter than a VMU, but a VMU has batteries in it. But, um, mm. uh, and I, oh, these seem as practical as like those hip clip things that lasted in the late 90s. Yeah. Or the 2000s that had like literally the chorus of a song and it, you would buy yeah. these dumb cartridges that, that, would play like just the chorus of "Oops, I did it again" or something, you know? Is that a, is no that idea a US what you talking about? Thing? So yeah, they're like I mean, little. Yes. They're basically like little CD players, and they'd come with these <laughs> tiny little discs that you could plug into them, and it would wow. play through a crappy speaker. And I think you could plug in headphones. Yeah, you I could. Mean, and there was also like um, a boombox version, and yeah, and it would only play like thirty seconds of the actual song. That's wow. That's, and then the MP3 players came out. Jeez. Yeah, this was be- between uh, Discman and uh, MP3 players. Cool. Um, that's, that's insane. God, but I, gonna... I think the thing is, the, the annoying thing is, the games on these are actually good. And personally, I found them quite playable. So, But the fact they're so tiny means you don't you don't want to be playing it for hours, if that makes sense. So yeah, like, that's, that's I, the I, biggest I, shame. There, I sent you an image search for the hip clip things, Graham. That's the biggest shame. Is there, there's some really good games on these that people should have exposure to, but this isn't the way to play them. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly like if if uh, it's on the the blue the blue the blue Game Gear has a game called Sylvian Tale, which mm-hmm. is an excellent Zelda style adventure game, a top down sort of Zelda style adventure game. I love it. I think it's a great Game Gear game, and uh, it's not. Not one that's really that many people know about, I guess. And it's a shame that it's, it's on this thing, basically. Because <laughs> if it was released like some other way, I don't know, on Steam or I don't know, even just a some sort of digital downloadable version to these things would be amazing. I'd uh, say if you think I need these, I need at least one or two of these because I'm a collector and they're not going to come outside of Japan. Look at either the black or the light blue one because the black one has Sonic Poyo Two Outrun. And then an RPG you're not going to be able to read. And then the light blue one has Sonic 2, Gunstar Heroes, Baku Baku, which is a puzzle game. And then, like Graham said, Sylvian Tail. So, like, these offer the biggest variety. Yeah. Because the one that has the Shinobi game, unfortunately, I think it's just all JRPGs as well. Yeah. And that's another one. Because Game Gear Shinobi is probably my favorite Shinobi game. I've said this on the show before. I love the Game Gear Shinobi. It's very different. Mm -hmm. Um... It's just a really fun game. Yeah. Columns is another good, like, I feel like that's a staple Game Gear game because I think it was bundled. That's on the uh, the red one with Shinobi on there, but hot hmm. damn, four games a console. I did hear a rumor or maybe something that if you hold a directional button, you can unlock a hidden game on one of them or something. I'm not really sure. Oh. There's unfortunately no information, like very little information. And also, because Rachel was asking, like, how do you find that stuff out? I'm like... The, the weird downfall is I can't search Japan's YouTube, you know, where these were released. Like, I only have the yeah. U.S. YouTube channels. The, the, as you sort of say, they are they more collected items, but they are fun. They look cute yeah. on a shelf, I, I guess. Yeah. What are Wikipedia we doing with Wikipedia says that there is a white model. Yes. Graham, did you want to mention okay. that real quick at all, or...? Oh, um, I actually, know, I think I know less about it than you do. Sorry. Okay. Um, um, so there's a shoot 'em up, a shmup collection that came out recently, and they decided to also put four shmups on one of these Game Gear micros, which is a white version. 
Uh, I think what what are the do you see the names of the game there or the series there? Yeah. Like? Yeah. Uh, so there's Power Strike, Power Strike Two, GG Alest, GG Alest Two, Alest, and yeah. also GG Alest Three, which is a court apparently a new game. Okay. Right. Imagine okay. imagine your Ooh. game launching on the Game Gear Micro. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I will do that um, while I'm listening to my mini disc hip clip garbage. Yeah. Um, I, I ju- so I just need to make one clarification on one of the things. Um, you mentioned the blue blue one has Sonic 2 on it. It mm-hmm. actually doesn't. It's it's called Sonic and Tails in Japan, but in the West it's called Sonic Chaos. Oh, really? So okay. it's not it's not Sonic 2. It's not Game Gear Sonic 2. Um it's it's a different one. So in in Sonic Chaos or Sonic oh, and Tails, you can play as Sonic or Tails. But in Sonic Two on the Game Gear, you can only play as Sonic. Um, and it's right. a very tough game, Sonic Two on the Game Gear. Um, in fact, Sonic Chaos was also really tough as well. But they are really good Sonic games. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, okay, so let's let's move away slightly from the Game Gear Micro. Um, we we'll, we'll still talk about it a little bit, but let's. If you want to, let's let's look at the other sort of micro or mini consoles that have really come out recently. So these are, I know there's been some other various ones out there, uh, but these are guys the main ones most people talk about. So you have the NES Classic Edition, uh, which was released in 2016 originally, and they did have a relaunch in 2018 uh, briefly. So they were discontinued after a little while because Nintendo wanted them to be a sort of more of a collector's item, I guess. Um, they released for uh, nearly 6,000 yen or 60 American dollars, or about 50 pounds. And they had 30 games in total. Um, uh, then you had like the Super NES Classic Edition. So the SNES Classic Edition or SNES Mini, some people call it. That was originally released in 2017. That was for around uh, nearly 8,000 yen, about 80 American dollars, or I think it was about 70 to 80 pounds, effectively. That had 21 games in it, but it also had the unreleased Star Fox 2, so you're kind of getting a a game that wasn't released before, so it's a really cool idea. Until you played it. <laughs> it's not a good game. Like yeah. you, you can see why they... I, the, I think the N64 was out or about to launch, and that was partially why they didn't release Star Fox 2 or something. Right. I forget. But yeah. it, it, it's a clunky mess in some remember. areas, especially yeah. when they have the Does back, I... like, Chicken Walker thing. Yeah, I feel like they didn't... Did they not finish it for the Super Nintendo release? Because I feel oh, no, like it, it wasn't was even totally a fully done, finished game. I believe. What was it? Okay, I thought yeah. I thought it was not fully... Okay. Um, yeah, I've only played it briefly. and my, Someone brought one into work and I played it briefly. And I was like, okay, this is a thing. Yeah, that happened. And uh, then in 2019, Sega, yes, released the Mega Drive or Genesis Mini. And that, so that was around nearly 10,000 yen, uh, about 80 American dollars, about 70 English pounds. And that had a whopping 42 games on it, including two unreleased games, uh, which were released in the arcade originally. But uh, they, they also, they basically were planning to come to the Mega Drive or Genesis, but they didn't, um, which was uh, Tetris and Darius. And uh, yep, so... That happened, and then in... Oh, actually, in 2018, sorry, so a year before the, the Sega released theirs, you had the PlayStation 1 Classic. Uh, so that came out in 2018. That was also for about nearly 10,000 yen, about $100, about £90. That had about 20 games in it. Uh, there was a bit of more controversy around that one because some of the emulation wasn't very good. Also, some of the games were PAL, the PAL versions, which 
uh, were 50 hertz rather than 60 hertz. So in America, those games ran a little bit faster, which is a bit controversial because it's like, why wouldn't you use the better version? Basically, I don't know if you, I don't know if you realize that, Scotty. Some of the games were running on the yeah. Oh, I heard and, all um, about the and now we've got the Giga Micro PS1. Yeah, yeah, um, and the PlayStation. I'd argue the PlayStation One Classic had some of the worst game selection. There was a couple of big PlayStation games. Um, but there were that one side note and slightly positive thing about the PS1 that I thought was cool. It had Metal Gear Solid on there. And if anyone's mm-hmm. played Metal Gear Solid up to a certain point, there is a part where you need the physical box because on the back box art, it had the codex uh, frequency you had to uh, yeah, 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 talk yeah. to someone. They actually have that on the back of the PS1 mini's box, the frequency and stuff. That's so they good. Oh, nice. Stuck with that I, I, weird little thing. Of that. Yeah, they they, yeah. they put enough thought into that, but not enough to think like maybe we should make this these games run well, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> they may not work work very well, but at least then we have to finish them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> God. Um, and yeah, now we've got the Game Gear Micro in twenty twenty. Uh, so as we sort of mentioned, it uh, if to order it from Japan, it's about nearly five thousand yen for each individual model. Uh, which is about $46, nearly $50, uh, about £35 for each one, effectively. They are in Japan only at the moment. Uh, I doubt they will come to the West. I'm not yeah. sure they will. Like, Yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. But yeah, and they only get four games in each of them. So you can get 16 games in total if you buy all of them. But uh, yeah, so I guess, what do you guys think of like, especially the Game Game Mini, the Game Game Micro even, compared to some of these other ones? Do you think uh, do you think there's been a best, uh, like, do you think one company's done it better than the others, uh, for the, the device they've sold? And is there anything going forward that, like, maybe Sega could, um, uh, get inspiration from, or, um, I guess think they could do better for the next, the next console they might release? I'm gonna say this before I forget, um, that tweet, uh, from the Sonic account where it's like there will be no dreamcast mini you people had your chance in 99 oh yeah <laughs> I, I love that I one see that yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's like a joke tweet but um i would i would i mean i have my dreamcast over here under my bed i would totally get a dreamcast mini and i think the thing that comes to mind as i'm looking at these lists for the different um uh mini consoles is one, this exclusivity, I find a little strange, um, but I'm realizing there might be licensing or considered more popular in one region versus another. Right. I actually really like the Sega Genesis lineup for the North American. I think there's some that are missing from here that I think are are sad um, from the U.S. version. Um, like it has Outrun um, missing from the North American Sega Genesis Mini. Oh, yeah. Um, Puyo Puyo 2. Racing game. You mentioned that is Road Rash on here. Yeah. It's crazy to me that they, that's an EA title, but they didn't get any Mm. sports games, which is like, was most of the Genesis marketing was the sports games it had. That might be licensing snafus, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Shining Force 2 is not on here, despite being on the Chinese and Korean version, but Shining Force Mm. 1 is. Um, Sort of million, I don't know. Hybrid Front or Adventure Shinobi. Yeah, a lot of these ones on the uh, Sega Genesis Mini are um, likely licensing issues, but I like that they they brought up a few that I really like, like Alex Kidd and Kid Chameleon 
are two like kind of silly games that I think don't get as much attention as some of the other classic ones do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the PlayStation One classic ones definitely not not where it's at for me. Um, there's better ways to play some of these games, and I think that's what it comes back to. If I were to design or pick lists, I would pick games that were highlights of the console that you can't really get anywhere else, and I think that would be a better driver for people to go and get it. Because I don't know about you, but like I wouldn't play Sonic on like a half inch screen. Like that kind of sucks. But like if they had other reasons, you know, other um, Game Gear games that were great but never got the same attention, like that would be cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think worth, I think I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No, Scotty, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I just to tap on Nick's comments, uh, like Contra Hardcore is on the Genesis Mini. That game on its own, you're not going to pay less than eighty bucks if you want the actual cartridge, you know. And like, there's yeah. other things on here. It's weird that they have Castle Illusion starring Mickey Mouse on here, but not other because <laughs> that was like this era was arguably the best era for licensed games between the SNES and the Genesis. Uh, in terms of like even like Home Alone, like other licensed stuff outside of Disney things, you know. Um, but like yeah. there's the Castlevania game is on the Genesis Mini. Uh, I mentioned Contra. Um, the uh, there's another one on here I can't remember now. That's hard to come by, or it might be up there in price. But it, yeah, there's a couple on there. But also nice on the SNES that you have like the Nintendo licensed Echo stuff. the Dolphin. Echo the Dolphin. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> Just how, like, you can justify the purchases of this being an $80 thing when some of the games on here, if you're a collector or just want to play them uh, legally, are going to be mm. a good chunk of change. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do want to just give a, a mention to the TurboGrafx slash PC Engine Mini that got released. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. are saying that's the best one with the okay. amounts of games on the library uh, and also how when you play TurboGrafx CD uh stuff they actually have like a disc comes down and pops into the fake tray on the menu and you hear like the disc whirring and clicking and stuff like that um my my argument against that though is they did no localizing so i thought about getting that one because it was before i owned a copy of snatcher on the sega cd because it did get released on the pc engine um but it's the japanese version no localization so it's you're gonna play and read all japanese for Mm. if you're outside the uh, of japan for that which is really weird yeah and sega did also release the astro city mini the little arcade um thing or i don't think it's out yet uh but it's that's not out yet out. yeah right so they would they yeah. neo geo's done the arcade machine capcom did the horrible thing that looks like a birthday cake which is those two arcade sticks and it's a bunch of arcade games you guys remember uh, seeing that it's shaped in yeah, the logo of capcom and people thought it was a legit joke because that's it's right yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> I forgot it, until you mentioned shaped like the logo of Capcom. <laughs> yeah, because everybody was like, "Are you kidding me?" So you're telling me that not only can I play this awkwardly shaped thing, but it's two joysticks. So if I'm not having someone play with me, I have to like awkwardly set this giant joystick, fight stick, arcade stick on my lap, and like have a shoe yeah. box next to me on the couch or something, so I can use it if I'm playing single player. You know, um, it can look stupid yeah. and be impractical. Oh yeah, it. And I think my overall opinion on this stuff is you've got the Genesis Mini. It looks cute on on an entertainment system, the SNES Classic, all those. But what it comes down to is 
it uh, what's really cool is this comes with two controllers so did the snes classic um and the nes classic but you're holding those controllers and then the they are the actual size of the controller so you have a cute novelty looking thing on your entertainment center even when you're not playing it don't have it plugged in or whatever it's got those things there it looks cool or cool cute and cool you're holding the controller of the regular size. So it's like, I enjoy these games. This, I remember this controller feeling this way in my hands. But when you go to grab a Game Gear, you're like, <laughs> I can barely hold this thing. I'm going to break it. Like, if I am... I have small hands. I have I have dainty fingers, and I don't feel good about holding this thing. So, like, someone yeah. else with bigger hands is going to be like, I can't play this. This isn't fun. I remember enjoying these games, but I'm not having fun because my hands are cramping up right now. You know, like yep, there's yep. a difference of holding the controller, holding a Game Gear Micro. Ah, I could talk about this forever. Yeah. So for, for me, it baffles me slightly in that Sega did, personally, I think Sega did an amazing job with the Mega Drive or Genesis Mini. Because yeah. as we mentioned, they had 42 games there, which is more games than the other sort of Nintendo or Sony ones. Uh, it had some couple of unreleased games uh, like, like Tetris, although it's weird if you don't know about it. Tetris was actually officially released on the Mega Drive, but only about 50 copies were made because it was pulled for licensing issues. But there was an arcade version release, which is what's actually on the Mega Drive Mini. It's not the Mega Drive original, because right. the Mega Drive original was actually to buy is like $1,000. Something ridiculous. I don't remember. It's actually really expensive. But it was added in Darius as well. So it's a couple of arcade games have added to this. But it's not just that. They've added in all the other things. So the other consoles have this as well. But the state saves and things like that. So if you're playing a game, you... you yep to go for tea or whatever really pay for, you can save it and stuff game gear micro does not have that hey guys scotty here quick update regarding the game gear micro uh we learned after the taping of this episode that you can actually use save states and edit the brightness of the screen by holding down the start button during gameplay this brings up a menu allowing you to save your game change the brightness level and also return to the game selection or the home screen uh, we wanted to let you know that we found this out, but it does not change our opinion that they are still not worth the cost. So we want to let you know. Anyway, back to the show. And also touching on the uh, region things, I don't yeah. know if you remember, but when you're playing on the, the Game Gear, uh, sorry, the Mega Drive or the Genesis, you can choose between the different variations of games depending on their region. So if a game does have a, rather than just like just a language thing, if there were actually differences in the games, they've actually kept those, they, all those different versions in there. So, for example, Super Contra, you can play the, Ameri I believe you can play the American one, the Japanese one, and the PAL one. So, you can play in English for American, you can play the Japanese one. The PAL version's a different game, it's called Probotech, so you've got different characters, different sprites running around and stuff, so it's actually a different game. I don't know if you've ever actually played it before. Um, I think the bosses and the levels are actually basically the same thing, but there's actually a bit of difference in the graphics and sprites on the screen. So the characters are little robots instead of humans. Because uh, we didn't have Contra over here, we had Probotector. And I don't know if you knew that at all. Scotty's looking at me baffled right now on the screen. No, play, I was looking at play it on the... oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was just a really lovely touch that Sega did with the Mega Drive in Genesis Mini. They added in all these cool extra features. Um, you know, you can change the backgrounds of the menus and stuff like that, which is kind of fun. Not, not, not essential, but just kind of fun things. And then the game, <laughs> the game gear micro, the one thing I think you can do is basically you can change it so the box art is face on or spine view. And you can't read the spine view because it's too small a screen. So <laughs> it's pointless. Um, and they haven't done anything else to it. So it baffles me that Sega did that, but essentially I know these are 
these are going to just go down as collector's items for people who really want them. It's a big thing in Japan, but they could have made it a little bit more functional and added in those cool extra features, which would just made it even better um, and well worth it. And yeah, Scott, I'm holding up the mini buttons and stuff. The Genesis Mini. You have a cartridge slot that you can't actually. Well, they, they did make fake cartridges in Japan and the UK, I think, mm-hmm. and also the weird old headphone volume knob works. The reset button does reset it. There's a power switch. Um, and mm-hmm. another game that they switch up depending on the region is Dr. Robotics Mean Bean Machine. It becomes Poyo Poyo when you play it in the Japanese yeah. version. Yeah. So there's a there's a few games in there that do it. And as you say, they've got, they've got games which are not technically Sega games. They've got like the, the Disney games, like World of Illusion, Cards of Illusion. They've got a great list of games. And yeah, the, some, some from like EA and Capcom as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's because uh, they've got they've got Street Fighter in it, haven't they? Am I getting that wrong? Uh, um, yeah, they've, they've got Street Fighter Champion Edition, haven't they? Oh yes, um, yes, yes. Game. So I was getting confused because there was also the At Games one, which had Mortal Kombat on it, but this one's got Capcom. So yeah, it's got some Capcom games on here, like Castlevania as well. Brilliant list of games, really good. And then the the Game Gear Micro. Um, so I guess very quickly because there was rumored to be possibly be a, the Dreamcast Mini would be Sega's next console. What do you guys, not talking about games, we don't want to talk about what games we want on there, but any features or functionality you think would be really cool to have with a Dreamcast uh, Mini or Micro? VMU so, compatibility. Oh, I was thinking ooh. about it like that. What would they do to capture that feel? Like, even if it's just something where the controller has a VMU screen and all it does is light up and have the swirl on it or something silly. Like, yeah. That was such a weird, it was, unnecessarily revolutionary it, thing. It was. <laughs> it, it was kind of cool. So, to to, get, to steal the opportunity to talk about Sonic Shuffle again real God quick. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Five when degrees you played in party mode, here. When you played in party mode, you, you could actually hide your, your hand of cards... And you could look down at the VMU, which would display yeah. the um, the cards. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of little features that the VMU had that I think never got um, fully explored by all the games that they had the options for. So, um, like, although it's unrealistic because most people don't have VMUs anymore, but, like, if you could have the game be compatible with your current VMU, well, okay. Way too many VMUs, I think. <laughs> I get them. The the average person may not have a VMU, so if they were like, "Hey, you can use your VMUs," I'd say about like eighty percent of the people who might be interested would be like, "I don't have a VMU." Probably all the people that um, picked up these dumbass things, the micros. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing, the the main thing for me, as I was looking at the um, uh, availability for the different libraries, was. Um, the SNES Classic stood out to me because they released a bunch of games that were unreleased uh, outside of Japan. Right. So Earthbound, for example, mm-hmm. um, Final Fantasy yeah. VI um, had its only uh, its different version um, put out. Um, oh, fuck, what was the other one? There's a few of these games that that didn't have um, U.S. or proper PAL releases. So, like, um, what's that one um, Dreamcast game where it's like you go around in the RPG studio of them? Oh, Sega Gaga. Yeah, Yeah, Sega Gaga. (laughs) That would be hilarious, and and I think a good one to have. I I think, for me, it's 
put the games out there that you don't have easy or available access to regularly. Right. If you do that, then people will do it. And it's kind of hard with the Dreamcast because you, you know, the ease of which you can rip games and just put it right in the Dreamcast and it works fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think if they were to do it, like have a couple of the big games like Sonic Adventure, obviously, but then it'd be cool yeah. to have some of the, yeah, those, those games that, that people really get a chance to play. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Sonic Shuffle, I think. God and Sonic it. Shuffle. Um, if they could release Sonic Shuffle with better loading times, I'd probably be really enjoy it because that was the most painful thing about that game, just so slow and everything. But, sorry, true. No, I'll move away. Scotty's <laughs> frowning and shaking his head, so yes. Yeah. It's, it's fine uh, to have a wrong opinion. You're both okay with that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the thing with the Dreamcast Mini, they have to acknowledge the VMU somehow, I feel. So even if they had like a way to play the VMU mini games on the console and like have a, you know, like mm. a smaller screen. I mean, it'd have to be a smaller screen because the pixels would just be blown up on a, like a H on an HDTV or a widescreen view or something. I think if they somehow threw in like, here's Chow adventure or here's the power stone mini games or things like that to kind of just, or even, I don't even know if it would make sense, but you would, if you were playing Sonic shuffle or something that didn't require the VMU, but you would have it in 4-3 ratio, and then on the right side of the screen, like, each VMU screen or something crazy like that, mm. um, which would defeat the purpose cool. of, like, the sports games showing your plays and stuff, uh, and Sonic Shuffle, but, like, I remember, yeah. like, Resident Evil games would use that as your health condition, um, yeah. so you wouldn't have yeah. to bring up the menu. There's there's videos online you can find of, like, forgotten VMU mini games and functions and stuff. Yeah, features. Yeah. What if What if... Uh, they, the controller had like a, a screen in it, like a VMU, basically, but maybe it wasn't detachable. But it did that for the games, like you could look down and see what's happening. But they released an app, a VMU app, so like VMU mini games could go on there. So like Chow Adventure or whatever, or any if they had Skies of Arcadia, for example. I know there's some mini games that came with that, so you could play. Cool. You could play those. You go, oh, download the app, unlock it in the game, and have I don't know somehow have a, the app tied to your Dreamcast mini account or whatever you it might do, you know. Um, That'd be really cool. I think that's something that, that would be cool because everyone, everyone's got a phone, you know, uh, Android or iOS or whatever you, you've got. Um, that's, I think uh, that could work quite well. That's what um, the crew behind Elysian Shadows that has unfortunately been lost to the Kickstarter atmosphere. Um, they are releasing a JRPG for Dreamcast and also PC and they were talking about having a VMU app so that you could use your phone uh, okay. as a VMU with that game because it was going to have VMU functions if you're playing on the Dreamcast. That'd be cool. Um, crazy ambitious cool. title, Elysian Shadows. Hopefully it does get released someday. Um, yeah. But, I have to have faith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. But but that's to just tap on what you were saying there, Graham. It is a, a mm. functionality in some way, shape, or form. I don't think that Sega would do that because that would be a lot more commitment than they want with these mini consoles. Um Where? to incorporate your phone and stuff. So yeah. It's I don't know what I would want on the Dreamcast Mini though. Just basically the la- the latter half of their library that is super rare probably. It would be mostly Capcom games, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just I think it'd just be really, really cool to see to see one release, but as long as they, they actually do things like states, well, actually, they wouldn't need them in Dreamcast games, actually, really, state saves, like, because most of those games you could save almost anywhere, you save plenty of time, maybe a state save function, I don't know, just in case you're stuck on a boss and you want to pause it and save it for that point. For um, 
I mean, what do you got? What do you guys think about internet capabilities on the games? Yay or nay? Would you think it's it's gone? It's too, it's done? Like, or do you think oh, having you like some sort of internet in them? Yeah, for like multiplayer, for example, like not necessarily adding new multiplayer to games, but games that had the ability to go online and stuff. Like, what would you think about that? I need my Christmas tree in Station Square and Sonic Adventure. I'll tell yeah. you, that's for damn exactly. sure. That's, <laughs> that's exactly kind of what, what I was thinking. thinking. They uh, could actually I, release Sonic Adventure with all those DLC. I say DLC because they're actually all locked to the discs. But, um, yeah, all those little things. You could download all of them, Japanese and UK and American. I think asynchronous is fine. I think if you tried to hook those networks up to create multiplayer versions of the multiplayer that you had in the game that would probably work horrifically so i wouldn't recommend that but any of the features that had the dreamcast modem i think would be definitely good okay. to include um yeah yeah yeah, yeah i just think be, like say for example if had fancy star online on it and quake like i think mm-hmm. that would just be fun just to go back and be like hey i can play with scotty on broadband connection wi- wi-fi <laughs> play him at Quake or, you know, Fantasy Star Online and it'd be really good. I don't know. Um, or Planet also... Ring. At least Planet Ring again. Yeah, Get that right. out. <laughs> um, that's also but yeah, um, it... asking Sega to set up servers and spend more money on servers. Yeah, stuff, exactly. So. That's that's yeah, what it, I mean. It, Developing it the netcode would be... But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I can dream, cast. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I think we could probably maybe put this to bed now. Uh, we we don't know if the Dreamcast is actually going to happen at all. The, the rumors going mm-hmm. out there. Um, it's just interesting to look at it, see how the different companies have handled this in different ways, and how Sega's done something amazing. Well, I think is amazing, and then something also amazing and very expensive, which is a bit nuts. But um, well, we should yeah. mention the rumor came from the um, wasn't it the creative director from Sega saying like we're exploring or it would be cool to see mm. the Master System Mini or the Dreamcast Mini. We're just trying to think of what would, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but what would appeal to the public more than the domestic market of Japan? So that means they're definitely not doing a Sega Saturn Mini, which I would love because some of that uh, library the world needs to be exposed to, but, you know, mm. they would sooner do the Dreamcast than the Saturn for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with all that. Uh, but yeah, I guess that will do it for this. Um, as we said before, check out uh, Scotty Moe's unboxing and also the Mega Visions uh, unboxing and review of the of the the Game Gear Minis uh, micros. I keep calling them Minis now. Micros. Well, uh, that's what they're called. So yeah, <laughs> uh, for the audience, the, the listeners, Scotty is now eating his red Game Gear micro, which is probably the most flavoursome <laughs> of them, I guess. Nice uh, cherry or strawberry flavor there. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Oops, all micros. Cool. Delicious. So that will do it for the show this week, I think. And yeah. Have you got any announcements at all, Scotty or Nick, uh, in the works? No, we've got our usual plugs in between. So keep an eye on our stuff and follow us on Twitter. And uh, yeah. Brilliant. Lovely stuff. Cool. So catch you all later. Nick was going to plug something, though. Oh, wait, no. sorry. Uh, no. No. <laughs> not. I mean, it's just, no, it's the same as what I, I did last time. Twitter, Instagram, at the Nick Flair, uh, blog, storieswithnick.blog. Uh, I actually will have, am planning on having things in the works. So, maybe look at it, maybe not. I don't know. Lovely stuff. Well, <laughs> that'll do it. Catch you all later. And be excellent to each other. 
See you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ghost. <laughs>